Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We are coming to you live on this beautiful Friday, the 3rd of March, from the Brandt Center. We're in the East Side Concourse getting set for the Regina Pats and the Winnipeg Ice. Now, there are still really good tickets available for this hockey game. I think it has to do with the fact that this is going to be a nationally televised game. TSN has made it the Connor Bedard Day. It's NHL trade deadline day, but they turned it into a Bedard Fest, capped off with this game tonight, Pats and the Winnipeg Ice. Of course, you're welcome to watch the game, but listen, you're going to mute it and listen to the authoritative voice of Pats Hockey, 620 CKRM, and our voice, Dante DeCaria, who joins us after 4 o'clock. I am, as Al Murdoch, the public address announcer of the Vancouver Canucks and voice of 620 CKRM said, Michael Ball, back at the studio, Sean Kleisinger. We are going to have... Uh, none other than our um, uh, Chase the Ace at 4.30, as we always do, is we're trying to chase down money with the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Uh, we got a senior hockey report coming up. John Keane, voice of the Kamloops Blazers, former voice of the Swift Current Broncos, is uh, going to join us as well. Uh, Glenn Suter, Ryan Getzlaff, and we also... Uh, had an announcement at the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame this week with regards to uh, a new setup. It's kind of interactive. Uh, save some space there, but you can have it all at the touch of your hands to check out all the great uh, exploits by the athletes and teams that have showed what they can do on the various athletic surfaces here in the province over the years. And uh, I think I mentioned to Ian Mendez joining us. And we're going to go to France to talk some football before it's all said and done. So this is a jam-packed show, which is brought to you every Friday by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Our text line's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, number one GM dealership in the province. And all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast. At Western Pizza. All right, I want to give a shout-out. Happy birthday to Rough Rider fan Nathan Clarehue. It's his birthday today. He's a big fan of the Riders and the show. Um, Wayne Spadell goes by the nickname Spider, sent an email. He said, Mr. Ball, I love listening to the show since you and Zinger have become a great tag team like Hogan and Savage uh, in wrestling. What were they, the Mega Powers, I think? Woo, yeah. Anyway, uh, he said, uh, I've been listening to the show. I want to know when these Touchdown Atlantic tickets come uh, on sale. So what I did is I got a hold of the Rough Riders and the great Ariel Zur over there, their communications guru, told me it is a CFL event, so we don't have any say over it, but we are hearing it's going to be at the end of this month. So they'll go on sale at the end of the month, Touchdown Atlantic. It's going to be at St. Mary Stadium in Halifax, Riders and the Argos, Part 2. Um, yeah, so 
Great show lined up, like I said, and it is NHL trade deadline day. Now, most of the deals were done days in advance, a couple of weeks in advance. A couple of the deals worth note today, John Klingberg goes from Anaheim to the Minnesota Wild. Dmitry Kulikov, veteran defenseman, gets out of Anaheim like Klingberg, and he goes to Pittsburgh for a third-round pick. uh, Edmondson, Joel Edmondson, is staying put in Montreal, their veteran defenseman. James Van Riemsdyk, it looked like he was going, I believe, to Detroit, but no, something fell through. He's staying in Philadelphia. Eric Carlson, the big slick-skating defenseman, who's going to be the Norris Trophy winner here most likely this year uh, in San Jose, is going to stay there. That contract, which pays him well over $10 million, $11 million actually, uh, not moved, but there's talk he'll be moved at draft day, and the Oilers might circle back then. Uh, Edmonton didn't do anything. Toronto made a couple of minor deals. Carolina, a couple of minor deals. But all in all, it was a done deal Um you know, week or so before the trade deadline, which made the national shows kind of null and void. Uh, I did watch Ryan Getzlaff on the Sportsnet panel. He will be joining us later in the show on our Sports Cage Rewind because he was with us earlier in the week, got out of his slick-looking sports car to walk into the studio. They watched him walk in, had some pizza there in the players' lounges, they called it on the Sportsnet panel. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see Ryan. And I could steal a few questions from there that we can use at the uh, Regina Red Sox dinner when he's on the stage with his brother Chris Getzlaff at the end of April. I watched the TSN panel i'll give them credit they came up with a connor bedard kind of rap song slash country song that um all their uh their panelists like duffy and uh the o-dog jeff o'neill they kind of um well not kind of they lip-synced it it was pretty funny then it got a little stupid like they did a they did an exact mock draft lottery and they had Connor Bedard on live here from the Brand Center interviewing him. And then they had the kid. And you know Connor. He likes to joke around, but to a point. He's sitting there while they reveal that Columbus wins the draft and they wanted him to react. And he kind of just was like awkwardly there. I didn't get that. But that's what happens when you have, like, they have three different desks at TSN and Sportsnet gearing up for this thing. And crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. It's almost a waste. Good job on those guys, though, and girls, for getting through that long day of broadcasting when basically everything is done. Like I said, you can weigh in 936-6262, the number to text. Did your team do enough? Did your team do enough, uh, do you think? Uh, Who do you got winning the Stanley Cup? Which Canadian team is going to go the furthest in the NHL playoffs? Um I'm biased, but I think the Oilers will go the furthest. I think they've got the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. Now, in the in the playoffs, you don't score with regularity, but if they call some penalties, the Oilers should be good. I think they added a great defenseman at Ekholm. Uh, Bukestad's a nice pickup up front. Uh, Winnipeg's got the best goalie of the Canadian teams in the playoffs. Uh, Toronto and Edmonton's goaltending suspect. Although I kind of feel like Stuart Skinner might have a little Jordan Bennington kind of feel. Uh, or a Kemper feel with Colorado last year. Avalanche are coming on now, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, down the backstretch here and into the playoffs. Leafs have probably the best Canadian team, but they got to go through everybody. Boston, Tampa, the Rangers, the Devils. you got about five or six teams in the East that can really steamroll some teams. All right, so just to revisit here, we are here at the Brandt Center, Pats and the Winnipeg Ice. Now, the Pats are in sixth right now. 
They've 61 points, two up on Medicine Hat, four up on Swift Current, and five up on Calgary, who sits eighth. Now, the Pats have two games in hand on Medicine Hat and two games in hand on Calgary, so that's the good news. The bad news, this is the first of three and three nights against some real quality competition, the Winnipeg Ice, the Red Deer Rebels, the Saskatoon Blades. Dante DeCaria, the voice of the Pats, joins us after four. Uh, we're also going to uh, hear from Ian Mendez about the Ottawa Senators pulling off that Jacob Chikrin deal a couple of days ago. Made his debut uh, yesterday, slammed into the boards, but was okay for Ottawa as they spoiled the Broadway debut of Patrick Kane, beating the Rangers 5-3 for their fourth straight win in the Sens, still in the mix in the playoffs. Great show on board. We'll be back with the voice of the Kamloops Blazers next. Joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, it's the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes, live from the Brandt Center on 620. CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Slavisky will try again, but lost it to Sorrell. Sorrell will get it ahead on the right wing. Carried in. Seminoff. Is he on sight? He is. Seminoff shot. And, of course, we're coming to you live from the Brand Center, getting set for the Connor Bedard Show and the Regina Pats against the juggernaut Winnipeg Ice. Another great hockey team on the ice tonight, the Kamloops Blazers. As you heard the call from John Keane, just their first loss in the last 11 games, ending the 11-game win streak they had in Medicine Hat the other night. He joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. First time I've had you on. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ballsy. I, actually, I miss Western pizza, so this is a bit of a throwback. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Been doing hockey across Western Canada for a long time. He's been in TV and radio for over 20 years. By the way, thanks for uh, helping this old guy figure out Twitter. I put out this big, long tweet, and he sends me a personal message saying, Ballsy, the world wants to see your tweets, but they can't if you start with an at and whatever the account yeah. is. Yes. Hey, the world needs to see your tweets, especially if you're double barrel shotgunning them out there like you have been lately. So. Yeah, well, that's, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans would say otherwise, but that's okay. It's what sports <laughs> is all about. Big rivalries. Tonight, you guys got the Kelowna Rockets in. Looks like it's going to be a sold out joint at the Sandman Center or close to it. Yeah, there's been a lot of these uh, lately. And, and when you have a Memorial Cup uh, host team, there's a lot of excitement around the community. And uh, you mentioned first home game since February 11th, so it's been three weeks out of the building. you got the Rockets in town. Uh, you have that super fan that Cameron Cheers is going to probably create a racket tonight, so we're really looking forward to it. Top 10 team. Uh, things have been rolling for this club. As uh, you know, there's extra pressure as a Memorial Cup host, as we would know here within the last five years or so. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you, you take out the Kelowna uh, COVID uh, Memorial Cup, and this will be the first time a WHL team will host since uh, Regina had the 100th. So, yeah, there's pressure for sure. But, you know, the one thing that I think the Blazers have done well is is be competitive all year. You look at, you know, where Kelowna was uh, back in 2019-20, where Regina was. You know, there was always question marks right around the team. Like, are they good enough? But, you know, you mentioned the top 10 team coming off the 11 straight wins. They make an absolute blockbuster at the trade deadline, and they can run and gun with, with anyone for sure. Yeah, so that that was my next question. They can run and gun with anyone. Do you like their chances of, uh, um, you know, you, you get into the Memorial Cup anyway, but you don't want to go through the back doors we've always talked about. Do they have a pretty good chance to kick the door down and uh, quote-unquote earn their way there? Yeah, well, Ballsy, the last WHL team to win 
uh, the league when they were the hosts, the 95 Blazers did it uh, way back when. Uh, So uh, it's not something that happens very often at all. Uh, so the Blazers will try to repeat history. It's also the last time they hosted the Memorial Cup. It's tough. There's some good teams out there. You know, you mentioned you know, a couple of uh, games going on in the East out here. Uh, Seattle's built this juggernaut super team. Uh, Winnipeg has gone all in. And, and there's just a lot of good teams the Blazers will have to try and get through if they want to kick down the front door. The good news is they know they have a spot at the Memorial Cup, and, and they have a shot, and they will be a legitimate team uh, at this tournament uh, if they continue down this path. Yeah, they're kind of playing with house money a bit. You're right. There, there's pressure, but there's also the knowledge that you're going to be in it. I know you don't want to use that as a fallback, but it is kind of nice to know you can empty the tank a little bit knowing you're going to get a chance to still play for hockey glory. Yeah, and I think the Blazers did that. If you see the move they made with uh, the Everett Silvertips, they were trying to keep pace with what Winnipeg and what Seattle uh, were doing, and, and they add a defenseman that I think everyone in Canada knows, and Olin Zellweger, uh, and they also add a, a really underrated player that just signed with the Washington Capitals uh, this past week, and Ryan Hofer, a 20-year-old from uh, from uh, Manitoba. So when you look at the moves, yeah, they've added. So, you know, you, you look at quality and quantity, you know, when Canada had the World Junior gold medal on the line in overtime, who was on the ice? Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. Logan Stankoven, and Olin Zellweger. And the Blazers can boast they have two of those three players. And uh, maybe even that uh, we had all the rumors of Bedard to Camus, but uh, that proved not to be the case uh, in the end. Yeah, so, uh, and John Paddock put an end to it right there in Kamloops very emphatically. And because they kept Bedard around, the Pats have been playing rock star. Like, they've been at every rink. It's always sold out home and away, and they're clawing for a playoff spot. As a guy who's been around this game a long time, you want to be Winnipeg, you want to be... Uh, Seattle, maybe Kamloops to an extent where you know you got a playoff spot. But there has to be something to be said for playing in playoff-like atmosphere, the the back stretch here, the whole second half, and fighting for your playoff lives. You're ready to go when you hit the playoffs. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You know, in, in Kamloops tonight, there's a chance to clinch the BC Division title already uh, with, uh, with a win and uh, a Prince George loss. And I wonder, okay... If that happens, what will the final 11-12 games be like? Uh, but, you know, you look at Regina and you look at the, the – there's a great race in the Eastern Conference. You have six teams for three spots. Uh, Regina starting to get a bit more traction and maybe get out of that pack of, like, the Swift Currents and the Medicine Hats and the Brandons and the Prince Alberts of the world uh, and the Calgarys. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be big. It looks like it might be a Saskatoon Blades matchup in round one, perhaps two, and that would be great, I think, for the province of Saskatchewan if that is the best of seven to kick off round one. Okay, uh, John, before I get to the Memorial Cup stuff, I've always, my three favorite jerseys are the Pats, Darks, the Medicine Hat Tigers darks and the Kamloops Blazers dark jerseys. What are your top three Western mm-hmm. Hockey League jerseys? Those are my three in a row. Well, you, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I like those. Because I was in Swift Current for uh, mm-hmm. 11, 12 seasons or whatever it was, the two rivals, Regina and Medicine Hat. So I cannot agree with you on those two jerseys <laughs> because seeing those two jerseys just irks me a little bit, right? It brings back that competitive juices. But I love the Blazers' clean white jersey. The, the home white, uh, I think, is just a, a classic uh, jersey for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think um, the Everett Silvertips have beautiful color schemes. And, and if you don't see them very often, but the Vancouver Giants switched up their sweaters this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they have just a beautiful dark and, and a white sweater they've gone with this year. So 
Um, yeah, there's no way I can say the Pats and the Tigers jerseys are my favorite, but you you have Adderall, okay? Fair, fair. I will say this, and I shouldn't be able to say this, but I'm going to. I, I actually like what Moose Jaw did with their jerseys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, you know, a little bit forced to do it with, with the times, but yeah. uh, they made the, the best out of the situation for sure. All right, so we know the Memorial Cup's coming. A couple of announcements today. Tell us about it. Yeah, so they will have three musical acts, and the, the first one announced is Gord Bamford. He's a, he's a friend of the hockey team. He's a friend of the ownership group out here, uh, and he's played uh, several times uh, in Kamloops. Always puts on a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gord's a great guy. I look forward to that. Still two more musical acts to come. Uh, they will be likely, of course, Canadian-based. Uh, for those looking for Memorial Cup tickets, now tickets have been very brisk out here. A full package is about $650 or so uh, for every game. Uh, coming up in just a few weeks, they'll announce a, a semifinal final packages, just the two games, and also a blazer and another uh, round-robin game package. So there are some tickets out there that will be made available here coming up uh, in April. Uh, some big names are coming back. The, you know, the Blazers alumni is quite deep when, mm-hmm. when you're talking, you know, Scotty Niedermeyer, Darcy Tucker, uh, Jerome McGinley, all being part of things. And then also Marie-Philippe Poulet and uh, Manel Riom, a name from oh, the past wow. on the women's the hockey side as well. And, and lastly, my concern whenever, uh, and no disrespect to Kamloops, love the city, when a market like that hosts, do we have enough hotel rooms or things like that? Well, you know what our moniker is, right? The tournament capital of Canada. <laughs> it is, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we're used to this, right? Like we just had the Scotties a few weeks ago, yeah. or uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and, and this event, um, you know, there's beautiful hotels right downtown, a brand new one built right across from the arena, uh, so uh, this city's ready for it. I mean, this is what they do, and they'll be ready to go for it. And, and probably Airbnb, too. Maybe John Keen will uh, look to make some money and rent out a room or something, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'll put up a couple uh, sheets in the basement and separate four <laughs> or five rooms and pack them all in downstairs. That's, that's awesome. Hey, John, thanks for your time. Always love your call, and hey, I love your Twitter class, too. Hey, hey, anytime you need a class, so you just you just message me, Baldy. Good to chat with you. Ah, yes, it's a Friday in the sports cage. 328 with your sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. You just got to give them a call at 781-2090. Well, the NHL trade deadline, the excitement's kind of gone. I mean, not much happening today. The Penguins have officially acquired Dmitry Kulikov from the Anaheim Ducks for Brock McGinn and a third-round pick in 2024. The Ottawa Senators have acquired Patrick Brown from the Philadelphia Flyers for a sixth-round pick in 2023. Outside of that, a few deals here and there, but like like I said, the excitement's gone. We've been robbed. Senior hockey is very important to each town it's played in, and it's important to us, too. Time now for the Senior Hockey Report. All right, now time for the Senior Hockey Report here on the old Sports Cage, fellas. Senior Hockey Season, Provincial Senior Hockey Season in full swing. Lots of big games to talk about this upcoming weekend, Belts, but let's get into uh, the top 10 from last week. You know what? We had a lot of honorable mentions. We're not going to go through them. There's too many. We'll start at number 10, Lashburn. Number 9, Davidson slash Leroy. Whoever wins that series is going to take the ninth spot. Number 8 was Grenfell. Number 7 was Kyle Six was Wadena, five up in your neck of the woods there, Boz. Wilkie, 
Number four, the Blizz from Keniston, three Redverse, two Macklin, and number one again. They've been there all last year. They're back up there again this week. The Drake Provincial Team. Yeah, so they're our only provincial team in the top 10, guys, right? And the reason we went there is we don't think anybody in the province would beat that team. It's like NHL 94 Genesis style. They're the highest-ranked team. We don't think anyone can beat them. So Drake's provincial team, the only provincial team in the top 10. As for our provincial bracket and the provincial brackets that are going down, Brandon, there are some great games of the week coming up. Yeah, for sure. I want to highlight a little bit senior uh, provincial B, which has some decisions to be, uh, some games to be decided this weekend. Who's going to be playing in the provincial final on Saturday night? The Wilkie Outlaws host the Wadena Wildcats. Wilkie is up one game to O. I do think I was boots on the ground at that game. Wadena outplayed them in game one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday in Wilkie. If Wadena wins, game three will be forced Sunday afternoon. In Wadena, in the south, a little closer to home for people in southern Sask, Carlisle hosts Grenfell Friday night, tonight. If Carlisle wins, Game 3 will be forced on Saturday. So if you're looking for something uh, to do this weekend, those are some options for you. And in A, if you're way up north in the CKRM northern listening area, you got Drake and Halford Edam going at it. They're playing in Edam. Tomorrow night, Saturday, 8 o'clock in A, first game there. And then closer to the CKRM listening area, we have Winyard and Odessa. 7 p.m. Saturday night in that beautiful complex in Winyard. That's going to be a great series, fellas. Senior C is down to the Final Four as well. Porcupine Plain hosts Eston in the North in Game 1 on Friday. In the South, Keniston and Redvers. This is a highly anticipated matchup. Our number three and number four team in the province. Uh, Sunday, 6 o'clock, Redvers, Saskatchewan. Right there in the deep southeast. And, uh, yeah, we'll find out what the Rockets are made of against uh, the Blizz here this weekend in Provincial C. Great time to be watching. Senior provincial or senior league hockey, go in, take it in, support your teams. Don't eat supper either. Some of these concessions, grab a burger, a fry, treat yourself to gravy. It's only usually another 50 cents. Cheap, cheap. Yeah. So good. Burger, six bucks, fries, three dollars. You can't eat anywhere in the city for that kind of price. Nope. There we go. That is the Monday Nooner Senior Hockey Report on the Sports Cage. Back to the studs in the studio. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Well, we're going to switch gears here, talk a little football live from the Brand Center, getting set for the Pats and the Winnipeg Ice. This Friday show brought to you by our friends at Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Moose Jaw Guy played with the Regina uh, Thunder, uh, played with uh, your Regina Rams, and now he's playing football at the quarterback position in France in basically a semi-pro league. His name is Sawyer Bittner. Bits, thanks for taking time out of your schedule and the the call across the pond. Hey, first off, where can they follow you on Twitter? Because you are a funny follow. <laughs> hey, Bobby, how you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. Great to talk to you again. Uh, yeah, my Twitter handle, it's, um, it's lowercase at Sawyer and then, uh, B-U-E-T-T, the first half of my last name. So the more followers, the better. So I appreciate the plug. So how did you end up in France continuing your football career? 
Yeah, so kind of a funny story. It's kind of like most things in my life, kind of hilarious. But uh, so I finished up with the Rams. I got my degree. And then I figured that's pretty much it. And then I started, uh, well, I couldn't get a job because I have a history degree. So, like, is that like <laughs> be a librarian or do something else? So I, I, got, a, I got a job with Rutgers, Rutgers HCD doing some horizontal drilling, a great company to work for. And I was making really good money. Um, spent some time from Fort McMurray, which is a beautiful country. <laughs> but uh, kind of while I was up there, I was kind of like, well, you know, my last year in football, like with, uh, with Ottawa, I got hurt my last year. And then the COVID season happened. And then I loved my time with the Rams. So my last year, you know, Josh was kind of the guy. So I was backing up and then doing some short yardage duty. So I, I figured I kind of still had more to give to the game. And I, I wanted to play. And I knew some guys that had played in Europe. So there's a site called Euro Players where you can look for teams. So I just put up a profile on there. I did not expect anything. And then kind of a week later, some teams started reaching out to me. And I ended up uh, coming out here. So it's kind of funny. So each team gets four paid uh, imports. So that would be why it's a semi-pro league. Just tell us about the league. Are you making a decent living or just enough just to get by or what? Yeah, so I think when people ask me, like, they're asking, like, oh, are you making, like, really? No, it's not like you're not making, like, you know, even close to CFL money or like, or like the, the ELF is like a top tier league out here. This is um, Division One, like kind of the, the level below that in, in Europe. Um, so the money is decent, but for me, like they, they pay for your flights, uh, they pay for your living. Um, and then, I mean, I get to play football in a different country, a different part of the world and, and get to travel and get to grow the game and, and see some different sites. So for me, it's kind of a, kind of a no brainer to be out here. We are not out here for <laughs> the money um, at all. If I was into money, I would have stayed, you know, in Saskatchewan and kept working. But for me, it's kind of, you know, this is way more than money for me. It kind of filled in my soul in a whole other way. So it's been real amazing so far. Saw one touchdown pass. It was a beautiful throw to the end zone, but you got absolutely trucked on the play. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's it like to play over there? Yeah, actually, not play. I don't know what it is, Baldy, but like, Every time I throw a pass, I seem to get killed right as I release it. But yeah, I got I got lit up by a six foot three German linebacker, so <laughs> that was funny. And then he was he was chirping me in German uh, after that too. So I was like, I literally told him, I have no idea what you're saying, anyways. Like I, I can barely speak French, so I don't know. Um, having no trouble with that. Um, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's been different. Um, I live with uh, Xavier Johnson from Tampa, Florida. He's a running back that played at South Alabama. Actually played at Brandon Bridge there but he's a really outstanding player he's played in the LF he's played in Mexico he's kind of played all over the place so I've been kind of leaning on him for you know advice on how to go about because it is very different you know um like I said we have guys that are paid to play and then some guys you know show up at one of my centers is 39 years old he has three kids <laughs> and, you, know, wow. you get some guys from the practice they have this is their first year of football and they don't know much about it but to me it's been fun I'm doing some coaching up here too um, so obviously I have to work on my French, but I think it's just, it's, it's been real fun. You know, if you're trying to take it like, way too seriously, um, you're kind of in, in the wrong spot. So, you know, I, like I said, it's been fun to grow the game and teach you, teach the guys a few things and uh, while they teach us some French, so it's been good. Yeah. Guy near in his mid twenties. Why not have some fun? Uh, uh, who's, who's teaching you French? How's that going? Yeah. I mean, I did, I won the French award at my high school in this job, but like that, that doesn't mean very much back in the time. Like, <laughs> Half the class, half the class, very English, English was dyslexic anyway, but, um, uh, so I can speak a little bit, but man, until you get out of here, once the boys start going, but they put me on some French rap songs that I'm supposed to listen to every night, so I'm kind of learning more through that, but, uh, but it's been awesome. We got guys that, we have French guys on the team, we got Italian guys on the team, like I said, I played against a German linebacker, <laughs> so you got guys from all over the place, but I'm definitely the only guy from Saskatchewan. 
uh, probably in this entire uh, region right now. So it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's good way to uh, way to uh, wave the wheat the wheat province flag, as it were. Sawyer Bittner joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Okay, so I gotta I gotta ask you that they're making you listen to French rap songs. Are you like spinning some Nickelback for them or something? Oh, Baldy, hundred percent. It's a funny thing. So I I have a Nickelback sweater. I'm sweater with Chad Kroger's face on it, and I kind I wore it out. Uh, and I was asking the boys, like, do you know who this is? And one of them, one of them thought it was Kurt Cobain, and the rest was like, no idea. So I put on some Nickelback for them, and just the look of confusion uh, on their faces was amazing. But I'll keep, I'll keep going though. It's still early. Good. So I'll keep playing a song today, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they come around for the magic of Chad Kroger. Good, <laughs> good Prairie band from Hannah, Alberta. Uh, what's the league? What's the league like? How many games do you play? I understand you play a game and then a two week bye. It's a little different. Like I said, you kind of got to go with the flow out here for sure. So it's a 10-game season, which is why, like, I got here in January and I leave in July. So that's why the season is so long because you play a game and then you have uh, either a one-week buy or a two-week buy and then another game. So that's why the kind of the season is so prolonged. But at the same time, it kind of gives you some time in between games to go, you know, see different sites like Spain's close by. There's an Italian city that's an hour away from where I am yeah, in Canada, southern France. And, uh, so, so yeah, like, honestly, every week I learned something new. Like, you know, we, <laughs> we had a game in Miray, um, which is about seven hours from here at one o'clock on Sunday. And we left on the bus at 3 a.m. on the Saturday. So I got there at 11, got off the bus, played the game, hopped back on the bus, got back. And then we all got together and watched the Super Bowl at a movie theater at four in the morning. So basically I was up for like 24 hours. Wow. So just, just things like that. It's been kind of, kind of hilarious. Like I said, it's really kind of got to go with the flow here for sure. That sound, you sound perfectly tailor-made for that type of scenario. That this sounds, <laughs> this sounds, as I follow your Twitter and know you well, this sounds like a, a, a Sawyer Bittner movie almost. It's outstanding. How long do you, how long do you plan to do this for Sawyer? No, honestly, I'm not sure if you go back to that. Um, you know, I like the, if this goes well, it has been going well. I like to keep doing it for maybe, you know, I have no, <laughs> I don't want to keep playing until I'm like 40 or full of Brett Favre and be like swinging the rock in like Bolivia when I'm like 44. Or, or Daryl Leeson in the, <laughs> or Daryl Leeson in senior football in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, you know, but I like to, you know, if this goes well, like I said, I, I have no idea, but um, I like to keep playing for another, you know, two or three years, hopefully, and go see some, some new sites in the country and, and meet some new people. You know, football, that's one of, me and one of the amazing things, you know, that's meeting the new people and getting to see new sites. You know, I've played football games and all over the place, all over Canada, and now I'm, you know, playing football. I mean, we just played uh, you know, a football game last week outside of Paris. So it's just kind of cool stories to tell. So as long as I feel like I stay healthy and keep playing then i'll keep doing it so well i say life's about memories and it is the older you get i know you're younger you're half my age but hey i uh, i envy you congratulations and we'll stay in touch and we'll follow you on twitter man best of luck and keep spinning that nickel back <laughs> well dude thank you balls i appreciate it you're listening to the radio home of the saskatchewan rough riders the sports cage on 620 ckrm Welcome back to the Sports Cage Live from the Brand Center in the lead-up to the Pats and the Winnipeg Ice. As you heard, the big voice guys say, three and three nights. Uh, Pats tonight against the Ice, tomorrow against Red Deer, and Sunday maybe a first-round playoff preview if the playoffs started today. It would be the Blades hosting the Regina Pats. And really, now this is one of the games where there's still tickets, good tickets available. Actually, all weekend you could snap up tickets. 
since Connor Bedard has come back from the World Juniors, the Pats have been playing to pretty well sold-out barns. Uh, almost to completely sold-out barns here at the Brand Center. Sold out right across Western Canada where they've gone, including Saskatoon, where on March 19th, that's a complete sellout. Uh, I don't know the last time they had a sellout there in Saskatoon. Probably the Memorial Cup back when they hosted a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, the Bedard factor in play. And it has a lot to do with marketing, and this is what the CFL needs to wrap its brain around. Now, I was one of those guys like, should the Pats trade Bedard? Should they move him? Uh, but as the story goes, he didn't want to be moved. And you know what? Sean Seppel, he wants to have you know a little bit of capitalization on uh, an asset. So, uh, And, hey, who, who am I to tell a billionaire what to do? Look at people are coming to the games. But they couldn't draw flies here. 3,000 the first half of the year. Then he goes to the World Juniors, which, by the way, is a TSN manufactured hype machine. Nobody gives a crap about the World Juniors anywhere but Canada or the periphery of Canada, like the northern U.S., a little bit maybe in Buffalo, and if it's ever North Dakota again. But other than that, nobody cares. Take it to Finland, take it to Russia. Nobody cares. It's a TSN-driven tournament. So he shows up, he's on TSN, and because the rest of Canada tells us that he's good, now we all think he's good. So even though he's been sitting in our backyard forever, uh, now we're going to come out and watch him. Now, Granted, part of it you couldn't because we were in a bubble because of COVID. And that's really going to be kind of one of the, you know, the little uh, marks by his stat sheet and and uh, in his history. How good could he have been in terms of his stats had he played a whole year? And Sean Semple, owner of the Pats, lost out on revenue here in fairness to him. So no wonder he didn't want to trade Bedard away. But where I'm going with this is the CFL is... An outstanding professional football league. It is the oldest professional football league going, including the NFL. We need to do a better job of marketing it because the game isn't broken. It is an outstanding game, and they just need to do a better job of marketing it. You see the key right here uh, for the Pats game tonight. So if you want to, why don't you come down here, get a... Get some cotton candy, get some shaved ice, get a mini bag of mini donuts, get your supper down here, supper and dessert, and watch Regina Pats hockey. I know it's a nationally televised game, but it's better in the rink. And you can, you can definitely watch it on TV, but you can watch Bernard on TV next year when he's in the NHL playing for the Blue Jackets or the Habs or the Canucks or the Blackhawks or whoever. Come down here. Just down the Louvain, just down Albert Street, just down the Ring Road, and come watch Regina Pads hockey at what forty some dollars a ticket. We got some bozos. Oh, ballsy! It's empty because it's cheaper to go to an NHL game. I know. I hope you're being sarcastic because if you're not, you're just plain stupid. Uh, this is this is uh, the best bang for your buck. You're watching one of the best hockey players in the world at any level. Like you could put Connor Bedard in. The, the talk when you're talking NHL players. Would he be top 20? I don't know, maybe. Probably top 25 hockey player in the world right now, regardless of his league. I, I think that's a fair statement. And he, he's definitely the best junior hockey player in the world. So at this level, you're watching the best player to do it. Come down and watch tonight, Pats 
and the Winnipeg Ice. Our pregame show starts at 6.35. We're hoping to be joined between 4 and 4.30 by Dante DeCaria. He does a lot of the communications and stats behind the scenes, and they're still uh, getting the uh, information for lineups at that's part of his duty. So he may be here. He may not be here. After four, we will hear from Jamie Nugebauer, the voice of the uh, Notre Dame Hounds. They came up with a big win over Estevan yesterday to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think they're five points back of Weyburn with like six games to go. they got to win probably four of those. But we'll get the lowdown from uh, Jamie. Hey, uh, Zinger, you're back at the station, the corner of 12th and Rose. By the way, we got Chase the Ace coming up just after 4.30. Chance to win money with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Foundation. Sawyer Bittner was great to hear from him. He's a great follow on Twitter. I love Sawyer Bittner, man. That guy, He remember when he went viral a few years ago at the Rams when he had his nose gushing blood everywhere? You remember that video? When yeah. he, I can't remember exactly the context of it, but uh, he just quarterback sneaked one into the end zone and then he got interviewed uh, right after. Afterwards, but uh, I'm happy for that guy, man. Why not go over there and create some memories with the boys? You know, yeah, imagine living in Europe and just you know you could go to a couple league games, which is the top yep. flight uh, soccer league in France. Maybe check out PSG or maybe Lyon. You know, so I I'm jealous. I want to do that, but uh, uh, of course awesome, that's man. not going to happen for me. Yeah, you got a kid and a wife. He is a free man right now, and uh, in his mid twenties, loving life, and like he said, he's got a history degree. What's he going to do? with a history degree he probably should have thought of that when he went to school but i think he just went to school to play football now he's loving life in france and kudos to him but it speaks to other things like you know uh randy ambrosi with the cfl um global what is it 2.0 the global initiative and he's all he's trying to you know I'm not a big fan of it i don't care i'm not a big fan of it i think it's just basically a kicker initiative is what it is it's taking canadian kicking jobs away and we saw it with john ryan getting jettisoned out here because the riders had to put a canadian or a global player on their roster and they decided it would be justin vedvik who's not terrible but i mean he he's still not i don't think of john Paul ryan's Ray. caliber yeah. so and everything john did off the field uh it just i i like the whole, wow, give our kids a chance to go play in Italy and everything. You know what? For a guy like Sawyer Bittner, I get it. Enjoy life. For a guy like, I don't know, Ryder Varga, who's got an engineering degree, he's going to try the CFL. If it doesn't work, he's going to go play or he's going to go work in the uh, engineering field. For a guy like Mason Nias with two degrees, two degrees, you think he's going to go to – he didn't even want to sign a deal with uh, uh, quote-unquote chance to come to training camp with the Riders. So hmm. why would he go for a piece of pizza in Italy? Give me a break. <laughs> like, get your head, honestly. Like, and the thing is, and the thing is, is like, well, it's true, man. The I know, but is, I just can't get over the fact. Like, I, I would love to go for a piece of pizza in Italy, but well, I'm, I'm not in would. these guys' shoes. You don't have two degrees, though. No, I don't. I don't. I don't even have English. I don't know much. (laughs) (laughs) At least you're you're honest. Well, there's one thing you do know. But anyways, we'll talk to Glenn Suter about this because that's interesting. Like, I'm I'm all for the global initiative. If they, um, if they, you know, Sweden Football Federation gave us two hundred fifty thousand a team, or the Mexican League gave us a million dollars, and you know what? See you later, John Ryan. See ya, see ya, see ya. Uh. But no, I I don't agree. Hey, and then this one here. So a couple of years ago, when the when the and and I'd like to there there had better be some hard questions asked at the CFL head office. I tweeted that out when it happened when I was on my holiday zinger. So 
Why would you sell the Montreal Alouettes after the league owned it for, what, 18 months or something like that? Cost the Riders and the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers like around $650,000 each, the story goes, according to our colleague Dan Barnes. Cost those community-owned teams, Edmonton, to prop up the Montreal organization because they... You know, because because Wetnall walked away, his family walked away after he passed away. So then you got, so then you got the commissioner and whoever deciding to sell it to a 92 year old guy, Sid Spiegel. What did you think was going to happen? I don't so, know. So so so, so I'm trying was, to get the commercial commissioner on. The league office ain't responding to me, Ballsy. I know, I know. He was going to come on, and then they said, "Well, he's busy this week," and that was what a month and a half ago. And then when you were away on your holiday, I uh, reached out again. Nothing back. So <laughs> stupid. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. If he's busy, if he's busy trying to sell this team, fine. But he should have sold. Oh, it come on! To, it's an eight-minute convo. You don't have eight minutes. I know. He should have sold the team. The league should have sold the team to a. Quebec group in the first place, like Eric Lapointe and those guys. He had a he was involved. Yeah, they were in ready group. to roll. Yeah, they were ready to roll. Now apparently they're exclusively negotiating with Quebec or Inc. That is a Montreal-based media and telecommunications company that operates assets such as Videotron. That's uh, that's the name of the rink there. A uh, Group TVA, the Montreal Journal, the Quebec Journal, and their uh, sports and entertainment division also runs the QMJHL's Quebec. Rempart. So uh, the CEO's Pierre Carl Pelado. He's a prominent businessman and a former politician. He's worth 1.9 billion U.S. So it'd be great to have him on board. And uh, there's, but come on, there's got to be some hard questions asked. I, I the other thing I asked the question. We should have a CFL week. What did he tell me? We don't look backwards. We look forwards. Uh, and we're going to look in the digital side. Well, besides, like, you know, Ottawa did a great job behind the R. Yeah, I'm not and seeing I know, much. <laughs> and I know Blake I know Blake Tideman does a great job with the Rough Riders, and they do great social media stuff. Yeah, yeah. But where is our, like, I've been watching, Zinger. I've been watching Breakpoint, which is the uh, Netflix on tennis. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching uh, Full Swing, which is the PGA one where they follow guys around. And those are two great watches, man. Uh, you got all the NFL stuff. I don't, I don't know if the NHL, I know they do stuff in the lead-up to the Winter Classic. But where is the CFL? Like, they're behind on that. The game is outstanding. We have the best football game in the world. We have terrible marketing. Now, I don't know if it's, do they not want to invest in it? Do they, do they not want to? I think, wanna, so. I think do it comes down wanna, to the money. Yeah. It comes down to money. And you know what else it comes down to? In this world, it's hard work. And I will give I will give kudos to past presidents like Al Ford, Tom Shepard, in particular Tom Shepard with the Friends of the Riders. You know how Tom Shepard sold tickets? He went to you and he told you you're buying a ticket, like a Larry Mueller would. Yeah, he like knocked Len, on your door, man. Like a Len Anthony does with the RMF. You know why the RMF's so huge? Because Kelly Hamilton and Len Anthony, Kelly Hamilton, God rest his soul, they would go out and they'd, they'd go to their friends. They would quote-unquote, in a, in a good way, in a positive way, guilt you into giving, uh, buying a ticket. Tom Shepard would tell you, hey, here, here's your here's your Friends of the Rider lottery ticket. Buy it. He'd go to his friends. That's how you do it. you got to sell tickets one at a time, two at a time, grassroots, work hard. And there's in today's day and age, people don't want to work hard, and they don't want to spend money to make money. That's what you have to do. So the CFL, they're going to – they talk about wanting to get – on board with these, uh, with the younger group. We gotta get the younger generation. We got the old guys. Well, you're gonna have to spend money. Yeah. You're gonna have to market. You're gonna have to be front and center with them. And whatever happened to, like, 
it seems like we always hear that things are going to happen and then it just falls off the radar. Remember like a year or two ago, we were supposed to have like a, um, a CFL thing on Netflix or something about the yeah. CFL on Netflix. And now we haven't heard anything about that anymore. It's just almost like they, you yeah, know, I they, they I, plug I a few things on for you to talk about, you know, just to kind of fill the void. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they think that's good enough. And then it's never talked about again. Well, like whatever happened to that? Like people were yeah. looking forward to that. Like, where's that at? They came to, they came and asked me for my audio from the Labor Day Classic because they were behind the scenes shooting stuff for the, uh, about the ride and the Bombers in that game, and I haven't heard hide nor hair of what's going on. So, yeah, that's a very interesting take, Zinger. Lots to get to in the world of sports. You can weigh in 936-6262, the number to text. We can also open up the phones in the 4 o'clock hour at that same number, or you can call us toll-free 1-866-767-0620. By the way, our text line's powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, number one GM dealership in the province, way up there in northwest Regina, the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. Our show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for 70 years. Thanks to them for being a constant supporter of the show. And a couple of good guy mentions. I want to mention Nina, who does a great job over at Father's Furniture listening to the show and uh, she's helped me out in the past. Also, Jason over at Driven Automotive helping me out with my car needs. I have many of them over my life uh, trying to help uh, two kids and myself get through the automotive world. And, uh, oh, there was another one I wanted to mention off the top of my head. Oh, Zinger. It was right on the tip of my tongue. I'll get to it later. Anyway, uh, you can weigh in, 936-6262. Tell us where you're listening from. We'll give you a shout. This is the Sports Cage live from the Brandt Center on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And the show coming to you from the Brand Center, getting set for the nationally televised game between the Pats and the Winnipeg Ice, but you can obviously mute the game and listen to our radio broadcast. Speaking of radio announcers, we have got Jamie Nugabauer, radio announcer of the Notre Dame Hounds from the SJHL. He's joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. First time in a long time. Uh, get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Jamie, thanks for joining us. And a uh, little groggy today because you had an exciting victory over Estevan. The, uh, as the Bee Gees would say, you're staying alive, staying alive. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about that game, Jamie. Yeah, guys just found a way, 3-2 in, all five goals on the power play. The score was 1-1 one, one going to the third, and the Hounds had uh, minute 36 of 5-on-3 time and scored on both of those goals. And the Hounds' power play has been pretty enigmatic this year, but we got a one-timer from uh, the Hounds superstar, Jared Sitch, from the from the right point and on the one-timer, and then uh, and then they got another one by uh, Carson Bayless, a beautiful snipe, to, to make it 3-1, to one, and they get give up one late on the power but uh, just hung on. It was a gutsy performance. It was pretty ugly, but uh, found a way. They ask how many, right? That's exactly it. So now you're five uh, back of the Weyburn Red Wings. How many games left, and what does the schedule look like? So uh, the Hounds have six games left, which is the most in the SJHL of any team. So that's, I guess, one piece of good news. The other piece of good news is that the Hounds have another game coming up against Weyburn in Weyburn, uh, you know, earlier here in this month of March. So if you're in the Weyburn area, boy, that's going to be another playoff-style feeling game. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, The Hounds have Estevan at Affinity Place tomorrow, which has always been a very tough spot. But after that, um, you know, obviously you have 
to beat who's in front of you, but the schedule isn't as bananas as it has been for the Hounds. They have, you know, a couple against Melville. They've got Yorkton. Uh, then they got Weyburn. So, you know, those are all games that the Hounds really, really have to win if they want to make the playoffs even with this little streak that they're on. And then they finish the year against the Humboldt Broncos club in Wilcox that, yes, is dynamite. Yes, has given the Hounds all sorts of trouble all year, but the Hounds hoping perhaps that the Broncos will kind of know their playoff destiny at that point, won't have as much to play for and maybe give the Hounds a bit of a, a bigger chance to to beat the mighty Broncos who are in a good position uh, to, to finish second, definitely third, but maybe second. Uh, so we'll see if that's sewn up for Humboldt by then, but uh, that's how the Hounds will, will close it out. So uh, they have Estevan tomorrow and Estevan, uh, four games that they absolutely have to win, and then we'll see about that last one against Humboldt. Well, it's interesting, that's for sure. Where does this team's uh, standing right now match up with the expectations at the start of the year? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I am, I'm uh, Obviously, you hope if you're part of an organization that you're in a playoff spot, so I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, you know the expectation wasn't some sort of playoff spot, especially with a couple of key returning guys in the Air Force D1 commit Will Dawson back and the Mercyhurst University D1 commit Jared Sitch back, who I mentioned earlier. Um, but I mean, the, yeah, the talent level and the and the element of age. This is the youngest team in the league by uh, a wide margin. This Notre Dame team, you know, you you hope you're in the mix. You hope your guys get great experience. The Hounds coaching staff, led by Brett Pilkington, the head coach GM, has said numerous times that he's more about developing players and moving them on to colleges wherever they want to go than maybe even winning. We all want to win. Everybody does, and we try as hard as we can. But um, it's more. More about uh, development for him and for the Notre Dame Hounds Junior A, and uh, we got lots of commits over the last number of years. Maybe we don't have the rings that the, the likes of you know Estevan and Balfords do, but uh, we have as many, if not more, commits than some of those uh, older, more experienced, more deep teams. And uh, I think that's a great credit to Brett and his staff that they've been able to do that. Okay, so lastly, Jamie, besides the stars, who are we watching for in the playoffs? Oh boy, oh boy! Look, uh, ballsy. If if you, you know somebody in one of these markets, get out there, stay with them, and watch a game. It doesn't matter, ballsy. Like every playoff series is going to be bonkers. The, there's no league in Canada, including the Western Hockey League, that has the parity like this one. The rivalries, the intensity, and the passion are going to be nuts. Certainly, you took it. Look at rosters of teams that could challenge Battlefords for that championship by the end of the day. I look at three other teams and that's kind of it I look at the Flynn Flon Bombers who are really decimated with injuries right now four of their top six are hurt but if they can get some of those guys if not all of those guys back I think they are the deepest roster in the SJHL so the Flynn Flon Bombers are, are, are mighty the humble Broncos and Scott Barney have a great mix of youth and talent heavy and skill and they are electric and fun to watch and they are almost impossible to beat at the Algar Peterson Arena these days they've won 10 in a row in Humboldt uh, have the Broncos. So again, the Broncos are as loaded as anybody. And then, you know, one outsider maybe is the Melfort Mustangs. If they can sort themselves out their goaltending situation and, and, and find a way to score a few more goals, but they have a very, very experienced, very good decor, maybe the best decor in the league. Uh, so the Melfort Mustangs, you can never count out Trevor Blevins and his troops. So those are the four that you really look at as, as probably the favorites heading into the playoffs. This is been Jamie Nugabauer.
Moore, the voice of the Notre Dame Hounds, and this guy knows everything about SJHL hockey. Thanks for your time, Jamie. It's a real honor to come on. Thanks so much, Palsy. And it's great to have Jamie on, as uh, he told you, the Notre Dame Hounds are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. It's great this time of year. The water's rolling down the street. We got all your hockey covered. NHL trade deadline, not much happened. WHL, Pat's home to the ice here. We're in the east side concourse, southeast side here by the old Regina Pat store set up with my buddies from Play 92, trying to promote you to come down and watch this game first of three and three nights. We got senior hockey covered. I, I got my start in the SGHL with the... Uh, with the uh, Estevan Bruins uh, calling their games and actually going out to Wilcox and calling games there and all over uh, Saskatchewan. So that's just a great, great league that I have a lot of respect for. Hey, we got some text. Capital at GMC Buick Cadillac. Text line 936-6262. This from Labby. Love the show, Ballsy. Our commissioner sucks, and he seems to have a hate against the Riders. Glenn Suter for our next commissioner. Well, I think Glenn Suter would... um, make for a great commissioner but i don't think he wants to uh, give up being a tv guy just yet and we have a guy in the job that would be randy ambrosi i don't know that he sucks uh i think he could do some things better he's done some good things be nice if he returned our calls and came on the show because he's the commissioner and this is the flagship uh, radio station of the riders which is your flagship team even though Bomber fans hate to say it, this is the grassroots team right here. You'd kind of want to be on the number one football show in Canada, always talk at CFL. But, hey, I don't run his kitchen. And then this from Logan, which is a totally... First of all, thanks for listening to our podcast, Logan, and you can get it anywhere you get your podcasts, the Sports Cage Podcast. I just finished listening to your Monday show. You're way behind, Logan. Catch up. But thanks for listening. In regards to Sankey, he's making 60000 U.S., Plus five thousand per game, plus one thousand a win. Texas has no state income tax. If he plays most games, he'll make the same as what he did with the Riders after tax. Way less wear and tear, but the same money. Zinger, do you have that buzzer back at the station? I think you need to hit that. Yeah, just give me one second here, Bolsey. Yeah. I was yeah. I just got off the phone with the gentleman, okay. but I got a nice buzzer here. Yeah. That's wrong. Do it again. Wrong. Do it again. Wrong. That's right. So Listen to me carefully. The highest paid guy in the league is Brett Hundley, quarterback for one of those crappy teams. They Vegas. Makes two, yeah. yeah, he makes $200,000, so much so that he threw for like 78 yards last game, okay? Like a pathetic, pathetic, pathetic product they've rolled out there in Vegas. So he's the highest paid guy in the league. Darnell Sankey, like every other player, makes $5,000 a game. They play 10 regular season games, and he has to play in every one of those games, meaning he has to be on the active roster to get his full $50,000. Then if they win, they get an extra $1,000 per victory. So that would mean he would make $60,000. Then I don't know what his playoff bonuses are, but the most he can make in a base salary is $60,000. So it's nowhere near... The 160000 he was offered by the Riders. Here's what happened. And I like Darnell Sankey. He's a great guy. He helped out in the community with the food, like feeding people with sandwiches and stuff. And he did a great job on the field. All-time tackles record in one season with 120. But the Riders offered him 160 grand. He's like, I can do better. He went around to the other teams in the league, and he found out that he couldn't do better. Then he probably circled back to the Riders, and they said, nope. We've spent all our money, so that's why the agent got all pissed off at 
Oh, I use that word again. That's why the Uh-oh. agent got all mad at Three Down Nation, because agents don't get mad. I know a lot of agents. Unless they know, they screwed up. So we had to go to the USFL, because nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to the USFL over the CFL if they want to have a shot at the NFL. Okay? Mm. Cool it. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Dante DeCarry, a voice of the Regina Pats, here on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Dutchitz going last. Six assists. Dutchitz. Dutchitz. Deep shot. Wow. As it is over here in Dallas. Yeah, that was some type of basketball game last night. The Dallas Mavericks beating the Philadelphia 76ers 133-126. to And Luka Doncic was absolutely on fire for the Mavs. 42 points. He outscored James Harden. He outscored Joel Embiid. And his Mavericks improved to 33-31 and on the season. Luka Doncic, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages, RTMs for 70 years. And uh, we are joined... The Southeast Concourse by our friend Dante to carry a voice of the Regina Pats. Now I'm looking at it here. Pats of 61 points. Medicine Hat is 59. Pats have two games in hand on Medicine Hat. And then the, then the team that's, uh, the team that's eight that I see, unless I'm wrong, 56 points Calgary, but they've got games in hand on Calgary too, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough race. Prince Albert's now kind of creep their way back into the mix. And I was kind of going through everybody's schedule the other night and I was looking at, okay, Yes, Medicine Hat has to play Edmonton. Jeez, that sucks. But the Pats are playing Winnipeg at the end of their 10-game road trip. They'll play tomorrow in Brandon and finish it off. They've been gone for two weeks, so maybe they want to get back home. Then you've got Red Deer playing the back half of a 4-5, and and Saskatoon playing the second game of a 3-3 and and the third game of a 4-5. and So, like, to be honest with you, we've got level playing field this weekend. Mm -hmm. You know? That's a good point. Very good point. Uh... We're a little light in the crowd today, about 4,500. I've said already in the show, it's a nationally televised game. If you watch it, mute it, listen to Dante DiCaria. No, that's very nice of you. No, I don't know. But, 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 uh, he was on, it's, 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 it's Connor Bedard. It's Connor Bedard on TSN today. They had nothing else to talk about, right? All the trades are done. So, uh, they had him on today. It's kind of a little awkward, I thought. They did a fake draft lottery and he's got it. They wanted him to react to getting picked by or having Columbus win the draft. Well, I mean, I wouldn't think it's a bad thing to get picked by Columbus in the draft no. because he's close friends with Kent Johnson, and obviously he's friends with Stanislas Volzo. They have a really nice relationship. But yeah. uh, I knew all this was coming down the pipe early this week when uh, you know I I had TSN reach out to me, and obviously I handle all the communications, media relations stuff. So I knew the song was coming. I knew the yeah. <laughs> the requests were coming with Connor for trade deadline day. I think it came with the territory of there being not any deals to really talk about, but. Uh, yeah, you know, TSN really pumps him up. I think that's why he's just such a national phenom at this point, was because how much they really talk about him. Like, they have a Bedard update every night throughout the day. They mention his name on every single trade, or not trade center, uh, sports center show. Yeah. 
Like, he's talked about every single night. I get messages all the time from friends and family saying, I just heard your call on TSN this morning watching the highlights. And I'm like, that's cool, yeah. you know? But it is quite weird. How many, uh, so if you get, say you get 10 requests, how many do you have to turn down? Uh, yeah, a tough question to answer. I don't really know, to be quite honest with you. Like, I get asked that question all the time. Here's a better question. Do you sit down with with Paddock, with Connor, with his agent to say, this is how much we're doing, this is how, like, I don't want to do, we're in the playoffs, I don't want to talk too much? Connor and I have a great relationship. We have a really good open relationship. And Paddock and Greg Landry, his agent yeah. from Newport, are obviously kept in the loop. But um, I think the number one thing you have to do in these types of situations is work directly with the person because mm -hmm. he's the one who is going to be doing these requests. And he's the one. And, yes, there are some where he might not want to do it, but he has to do it. He has to do a warm-up interview today yeah. um, with TSN's Britt Dort uh, yeah. with CTV. Yeah. So she's going to be doing that. Nice to see her get a chance doing a hockey game with yeah. TSN. So good for her. But uh, I'm not saying he didn't want to do that interview. But just an example, like there's certain things you have to do. And there's obviously certain things that he yeah. doesn't have to do. It's all about just managing that um, yeah, you just have to have good open communication with the kid himself. Thank goodness that Connor and I have a really good, strong relationship that we're able to talk about these types of things, and that's why it hasn't been an issue at all this year because I was told by a lot of people and people that had had uh, guys going high in the draft prior that, oh, the draft year is crazy, it's going to be really difficult, this, that, and the other. And, yes, obviously there has been the hurdles and challenges this year, but to be honest, I don't think it has been as bad as I thought it was going to be just because I've built a good relationship with Connor. We both respect each other. We both know that you know things need to be done, and so it's just very easy to get this stuff done because if I can sit down and talk with the kid and he could you know, tell me the way he feels and I could say the way I feel, then at the end of the day, the main goal is to make the right decision, and we're able to make the right decision more times than not. Uh, lastly, about the team, uh, I, I brought this up with John, and I brought this up with Ken Schneider. Mm -hmm. I, you know, obviously you want to be Winnipeg, you, you want to be Seattle, you want to be home and cool, but there's something to be said for fighting and scrapping for a playoff spot in front of almost sold-out barns or sold-out barns every night where you got the atmosphere. You're ready to go when, it actually, when the rubber meets the road for real. And I think they have a really good chance tonight against Winnipeg. I mean, heck, the last time they played the ice back on February 18th, they had a 3-1 lead midway through the second period, led 3-2 after 40 minutes of play. They've played really well against Red Deer this year, picking up mm. you know three points against the Rebels. They've beat them in regulation. They lost to them in overtime the last time they played them in late January. And then Saskatoon, the last time they played the Blades, they killed them. So again, yes, the, tr the playoff stretch is, is obviously coming you know, down to a close. There's 12 games left in the season. The majority of those games are here on home ice, so still lots of hockey to be played. But uh, I think it's really fun to see this kind of community in this city come together and, and support these boys because they need their support and they, they definitely build off it. Early in the year, the Pats' home record was way worse than their road record, and I don't have the exact number, but now their home record is way better than their road record, and the road record's not bad at all. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a feather in the cap to the community and how this uh, fan base has just supported the Pats in the second half of the season. Looking forward to your call. Thank you very much, Ballsy. Dante DiCaria joining us here on the concourse. His uh, pregame show starts at 6.35. We'll be back on the other side of the 4.30 News with the CFL report and much, much more. It's the Sports Cage on 6.20 CKRM.
All right, we're back with your sports ticker. Five games in the National Hockey League tonight. All-Canadian matchup in Winnipeg as the Oilers roll into town fresh off of beating up on the Leafs a few nights ago. That was kind of fun to watch, not going to lie. The Canadien de Montreal are on the West Coast in Anaheim. Vegas host the New Jersey Devils. Carolina in the desert taking on the Coyotes in Seattle is in Columbus. The big hockey game tonight, though, is right here in our own backyard. The cage coming to you live from the Brand Center, gearing up for the Pats and Ice tonight. At 7 o'clock, under the Orange Top pregame show starts at 6.35 right here on 6.20 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. 15 play of the drive, second and goal! And a touchdown again! It's Darrell Walker! Well, CFL fans, the Rough Riders made an interesting signing yesterday as they plucked veteran receiver Darrell Walker from the free agency pool. Last year with the Elks, with a bunch of quarterbacks throwing him the football, he almost had 880 yards receiving and scored a touchdown. But he's not satisfied. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they are the best. I mean, I feel like even with all that being said, the numbers could have still been uh, a little further along the line of, of, of closer to a thousand. But yeah, the numbers aren't too bad. Looking to obviously get way above a thousand yards this year with Trevor and and, and the and the riders. So looking to get back into that prime number uh, and and get back on top of the game as far as receiving. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like 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 you was mentioning, definitely dealt with a lot of different quarterbacks over there. Uh, it wasn't always the best at times, but. Uh, it was a learning process, and, and I grew a lot, and I'm thankful for it. So how is this Darrell Walker the Riders have signed different than, let's say, the guy that had a 1,000 yards with the Argos back in 2019? I would say just a lot more mature and a lot more understanding of, of the game, if that makes sense. Uh, uh, just as hungry, or, or if not even more hungry than then. So just looking to see the production that we're able to produce on the field. And, um, man, I'm just looking forward to airing it out and, enjoying football and having fun all over again. I found you uh, in the couple games I called for the Riders against you, and in particular the one uh, at the end of the year here when you guys came in and basically ruined the Riders' playoff chances. Uh, Mitchell, that young and up-and-coming guy on the outside, and you underneath making some tough contested catches. I found you to be... Now, I'm not suggesting you weren't smart before, but I, I found you to be a more buttoned-up, smart, kind of uh, security blanket kind of receiver. You know, that, that young quarterback, he has to find somebody. Who do I look for? Oh, there's 87. Right, right. No doubt about it, man. That's, and that's one thing you want to develop with your quarterbacks. You know, be a guy that they can always count on and knowing that you're going to put them in a position to succeed. And when you don't run a good route, they make up for, the quarterback makes up for that. And when the quarterback doesn't make a good throw, you make up for them. It just goes hand-in-hand, you know, a chemistry that takes time sometimes, but that's the benefit, uh, beneficial side of me and Trevor. We're, we're highly familiar with each other, and uh, we're just going, I feel like uh, we're going to get right back in the sink very, very shortly. It's not going to take us any time, I believe. Um, Trevor is a very accurate quarterback, so um, things like that would help improve my game also. Uh, an opportunity to uh, earn a paycheck and play football again, obviously, is top of the top of the chart when it comes to picking teams. But what about, you just mentioned it, the relationship you have with Trevor Harrison coming in with a familiar guy after what I said earlier in the conversation here, kind of trying to learn different quarterbacks. Now you can be on the same page with the undisputed guy at quarterback. Exactly. No doubt about it, man. Um you know, like I was saying, we still have a lot of finishing up to do from the seasons prior when we, we when we were in Edmonton together. So, when we built a strong bond, you know, uh, we always have very very deep conversations, and you know, we like to 
learn each other's brain here and there and you know things that we see in the in the news and things like that we send it to each other get each other's thoughts on here and there so man it's it's it's, it's bigger than just football with me and trevor you know it's, it's a life thing Okay, I've asked a bunch of guys, including Trevor Harris, this when we've chatted both on the air and off the air. As a visiting guy coming into Mosaic Stadium, when you hear the bring them out, bring them out, and the fans are cheering like no other stadium, I don't even care what Winnipeg fans say, this is the place to play. Gets people pumped up. Trevor said, I, I always imagine what it would be like to be on the home side. Did you ever think about that when you were rolling in here with Toronto or Edmonton in the past? Honestly, man, it really, really hit me hard last season when we played you guys. The same game that you was mentioning uh, just a few uh, moments ago. It just the atmosphere there was just it was it was shocking, and I really did enjoy it. And honestly, it definitely to me was the best experience I had up here uh, as far as playing in any stadium. To be honest, uh, just like the whole the light show, guys coming out with the lights off, and it just it's just a whole you know different atmosphere. Like you were saying, I honestly think it's one of the best to be truthful. Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. I don't know about you, but we got everything covered, man. We had senior hockey, SJHL hockey. We're here at a WHL rink getting set for the Pats and the Ice. We just talked to Darrell Walker in the CFL report. And I'm going to tell you right now, I got my big fan here, Dave DeLaForest, big rider and Pat fan here. He's got his earbuds in listening to the show. You can get us anywhere on the Airwave 620 CKRM uh, on the uh, 620 Airwaves AM radio, but 620CKRM.com in our app, so we're never out of range. And I want to point out something as we slide into our uh, Chase the Ace lottery. Just lined it up. We don't do this enough. In fact, we've never done this. We're going to spend an hour with George Reed and Jim Hobson in studio next Thursday. So a couple of rider greats will join us. That is going to be outstanding. Uh, we got a, we got like our own Jim Brown right here in our own town, and we don't talk to him enough. So Hobson's going to pick him up. They're going to slide by the studio. With the riders on our brain, we're going to throw it back to the studio now. It's the Chase the Ace Lottery brought to you by the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation and our great sponsor, Viterra. Let's go to Abby White. Thanks very much, Michael. Yes, uh, hang it out uh, back at uh, 620 CKRM Studio Control uh, alongside Cindy Fuchs, who's uh, our guest this week. You just kind of come when you're feeling like you want to be here, eh? I know. Just send the rest of the crew and uh, make your appearances. That's we, we love having you here, though. Thank you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, where we're at this week when it comes to the Chase the Ace uh, Lotto. It's uh, looking pretty good. Our grand prize over forty six thousand dollars. Next week it's going to crack fifty. I know it. Yeah, we're uh, inching closer and closer. Our weekly prize yeah. this week uh, two thousand one hundred and ninety five dollars. It is a week eight, so there's still lots and lots of spots uh, left on our board and uh, cards to be chosen. And I know uh, somebody at one of these days, one of these weeks, is going to get the uh, Ace of Spades. The Braden Lennius card and win that uh, giant jackpot. So let's get to it, Cindy. I know that uh, people are sitting by their radios waiting to find out if they, in fact, are the winners. So uh, Cindy's going to spin the wheel here, and uh, we'll find out who our winner is this week, and then we'll try to get them on the phone, and they can uh, choose one of the cards and see if, uh, in fact, they're the winner or not. And so if we, we don't a get a hold of them... Okay, you got them? Okay. Yeah. Who do Someone we got? from Regina, R.W. Stillborn. R.W. Stillborn? Yeah. For real? Didn't they win already? I, that name. Yeah. Hang on, Sam. I'm looking at the board here. Yeah, right there. 
Thir- oh, yeah. <laughs> they picked 39. Number 39. Well, 10 of spades. Yeah. I'm assuming this is potentially the same person. It says Ross Stillborn yeah. on the board. Uh, they won $2,390 or $40? $40. Yeah. But that's the bonus of this lottery is you can win. You literally could win 52 times if you were lucky enough. Exactly. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, once you're in it and you keep buying tickets, you can keep winning. Yeah. And you can win the big one, too. Like you said, pull a Braden Lenius card and you can win the big money. Absolutely. And I, I would imagine a lot of uh, people that are buying the tickets are getting into that subscription because you said it's just yeah. so easy. You don't, you know, you just pay and you forget about it and hopefully your phone rings. Yeah. And it's, it, uh, the subscriptions go up every week. And so that's really great. And that tells us that our listeners and our buyers are in for the whole long haul. Awesome. Okay, so we've been talking a little bit here on the uh, Sports Cage about uh, the Winter Classic, something new, uh, football taking on hockey. We've got Brett Lother and uh, Rob Bagg as the, uh, I guess, the captains of the uh, the teams, and this event will happen up in Saskatoon. Maybe fill us a little more in on the details. Yeah, so it's the Winter Classic, March 18th in Saskatoon, so the riders are coming back to Saskatoon. Typically, we don't have like an event or anything except for the green and white game. So this is a great opportunity for local Saskatoon folks to come and see their favorite rider player, get some autographs, and watch a great hockey game. Well, and it's one of those things too because when are you when are you going to normally see your you know the players that you're watching play football? Put on skates and, and play hockey. Well, and the best part is the players that Brett and Rob will be playing with actually can play hockey. <laughs> they well, can. If they can't, they're going to be coaches. Yeah. Well, they always say you align yourself with, you know, really skilled people and it makes you look better. So there you go. So I don't know how good hockey players they are themselves, but I've seen some of the, uh, you know, the guys on the roster. And let's face it, Canadian football players probably at some point in their lives played hockey. So true. Absolutely. And then we have some NHL alum as well. It's going to be awesome. More details on that if people want to find out just at the, the website there. Yep. Riderville.com. Perfect. Okay. It sounds like we have R.W. Stillborn joining us on the line with our Chase the Ace. Uh, is this Ross? Uh, yes, it is. Ross, did you win this already like a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was lucky then. <laughs> You're okay, lucky again. What is your secret, my friend? This is unbelievable. Well, I guess you have to buy one to be in it to win it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, you, you got to buy to get in it. Awesome. Okay, well, the good news for you, Ross, is uh, you have won $2,195. So that is yours uh, here in week eight of our Chase the Ace. And, uh, well, last time around, you picked uh, number 39 on the board, ended up with a spade, but the 10 of spades. And obviously, we're trying to find the ace. So um, let's pick a number between 1 and 52. If it's already been chosen, I'll get you to pick again. It'll go for 11. It'll go for 11. Okay. Yeah, right. 11 is open. Let's see here. There it is right there. I'm just going to pull the envelope out and show the camera as we're streaming on... Uh, on Facebook and stuff, and uh, Cindy has envelope number 11, and she's breaking into it now. It's the Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades! Yes! Ross! (laughs) Ross, you just won $46,541. Oh, that's pretty good, eh? (laughs) <laughs> I guess. There's no way. You did it. 
Oh my goodness. Week eight, and we got a winner in Chase the Ace. Okay, so Ross, let's just total up your money here. I'll try to do this quickly because you won 2,195, and then you've got the jackpot of over 46. So if my math is right, you have yourself a 48,000. Um, well, about seven forty forty eight thousand seven hundred dollars ish. Plus, you already won a two thousand dollars, so you're 50. over fifty grand. Well done. Well, sorry, I can't let anybody else win anymore. I guess it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if I know Cindy, they probably have a backup plan. Yeah, this one is well, over. We will start again next week. Yeah, with um, a brand new one. Yeah. yeah, brand new one, and we'll get that pot going as quickly as this one for sure. Okay, great. Wow, That's, what a way uh, to congrats. That's Super Friday, I guess. That's a pretty good Friday, yeah. Not uh, not too shabby. So, you know, what do you need fifty grand for? Vacation? You got uh, anything you need to work on at home? Oh, yeah, a bit of this, bit of that. Eh? It, uh, <laughs> it'll be easy, easy enough to find a spot for that. <laughs> I would imagine so. I always love the look on Cindy's face when this happens because she's just also in utter belief that, oh, Okay, we got it already. <laughs> yeah, it's come out. Yeah. So there you, you go. Yes, card, uh, card 11 was, in fact, the uh, Ace of Spades, the Braden Lenius card. Ross Stillborn of Regina, the big, big winner. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. That's the one my wife told me I should have picked last week. Well, <laughs> we're grateful that bigger... you waited one more week. Yeah, you got more yeah. money this week. <laughs> yeah, it was my son's, my son's birthday number, so... Okay, well, ah, thanks so much. Mine, too. Mine, too. So there you go. It is a lucky number. Uh, awesome. Cindy from the Foundation will get a hold of you next week to get your cash to you, Ross. And, again, thank you for supporting the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. You thank are you. very welcome. And uh, we should probably thank Viterra for being the big sponsor and uh, helping get this going, too. Yeah, thanks to Viterra. This is the third year, and now this is another draw that will start next week that they'll be supporting us in. And so thank you to Viterra. Well, let's face it. The first time around, it went quite far and got very large. It, the jackpot was up around 600000 And it was sold out, yeah. Yeah, right? We had so, to draw it, yeah. So yeah. as much as we want that to happen every time we go around, I mean, this is this is how it goes. This, it's, is, this, this is what is Chase the game Ace is. Chance. You never know, yeah. So That's right, yeah. That is pretty awesome. All right, so it's going to reset. Uh, obviously, anybody that, um, I guess, has participated in this will probably get an e-blast yeah. from, from the foundation and let yeah. them know that we had a winner and we're going to start over yeah. and what it all looks like. And if you had a subscription, you can ask to restart it or not. It'll be up to you, but we'll start it next Friday. We'll be back. <laughs> Here we are. It's weird to say. It'll be weird to say week one already. But, I know. Uh, yeah, we'll what, start uh, all over. That's yeah. the way it goes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Cindy, thank you very much, as always, for uh, coming to the studio. And um, Michael Ball will be back next with more of the Sports Cage. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Jacked up. We're at the Pats game tonight. Pats and the Winnipeg Ice first of three and three nights. Pats have uh, 
Some stiff competition. Ice in here. Rebels tomorrow. The Saskatoon Blades on Sunday. Pats enter the contest with 61 points in sixth place. In seventh place, the Medicine Hat Tigers at 59 points. 57 points, the Swift Current Broncos. 56 points in eighth place, the Calgary Hitmen. Now the Pats have two games in hand on Medicine Hat and two games in hand on Calgary, so that's key. But games in hand are like draft picks. Who cares if you don't win them? Yeah, we got 10 draft picks. Our scouts suck, but we got 10 draft picks. Hey, we got two games in hand, but we can't win anything. That's not the case for the Pats. They've been winning here on home. I still great tickets involved here or available here, so you can come down and be involved in the action uh, right here at the Brand Center, one of the best junior rinks in all of Canada to watch a hockey game at. Uh, some news in the CFL first. I want to give a congratulations to Ross Stillborn, who is a repeat winner in our Chase the Ace Lottery for the Saskatchewan Roughriders Foundation and uh, brought to you by Viterra. He won twice the daily prize and then won, uh, what, 40-some thousand. So it totally wins $50,000 when it's all said and done. We'll reset the lottery and get the get the coffers going again. You can start buying tickets at 5 o'clock. Well, Zinger, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, according to reports, have been named the host city for the 112th Grey Cup. Of course, we know Hamilton gets it this year. Second time in three years they get it. Vancouver hosts in 2024. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will get to host their first Grey Cup since 2015. I think they're probably going to roll out the red carpet for me, don't you? No, yeah, you're going to have uh, field side seats, baby. Come yeah. on, baby. Oh, I, well, hopefully I'm up in the booth with the rider. That would be, be nice, nice to call man. the game, but... Uh, I'm sure they'll uh, have a special media room for me, just me alone. There. How about this? A Riders Grey Cup win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Riders, the West representatives, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the East representatives, and the Riders beat the Bombers at IG Field. That'd be Sounds pretty good to me. You know what would be awesome is if that was our third Grey Cup in a row. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just wipe the Bombers oh. off the map after that's their just, little yeah, fairy tale just, the last three yeah, years or yeah, whatever. That's right. That's what we, 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 hey, dream big, baby. Dream big. This is the fourth time the Bombers have hosted the uh, Grey Cup back in 2015. Edmonton, then the Eskimos defeated the Ottawa Red Blacks 26-20 in front of 36,364. Chris Jones would leave to come to Saskatchewan after that. Uh, in uh, 2006, they hosted the Grey Cup when Paul McCallum, I think, didn't he? How many did he nail in that game? Six? I, I was at that game, man. It was cold. He yeah. he, he hammered like six, seven field goals yeah, that day. The, and they, the they Lions wearing those black jerseys. Yeah. That's right. They beat the, uh, Montreal. the uh, Montreal Alouettes. and They broke the Grey Cup when they hoisted it. Yeah, they snapped that. it in half. It was so cold. <laughs> that was at uh, uh, the old stadium. Uh, also in 1998, that was the uh, Mark McLaughlin time-running outfield goal against Ron Lancaster and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Tiger Cats would avenge that loss the next Grey Cup when uh, they went in and uh, they beat the... Uh, Dave Dickinson led Stamp Peters in BC place. But yeah, that was, uh, was it Dave Dickinson? Yeah, it was Dave Dickinson, right? Because Garcia was the quarterback in 1998 when it was, uh, the, uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats losing to Mark McLaughlin and the Calgary Stampeders. And, of course, we know 1991, our guy Matty Ice with a broken collarbone gets all oh, shot up. Yeah. And uh, that was the beer can <laughs> game when Rocket goes running down the sideline yep. and that liquored up fan through the beer can yeah. on the field. And that was the 79th Grey Cup. Argos beat the Stamps. Uh, I think it was 36-30 or 36-21, I think was the yeah, final. Danny Barrett was the quarterback for the Calgary yeah. Stampeders and Wally Bono in his early uh, uh 
early years with the Calgary Stampeders uh, as their head coach. Uh, of course, the Bombers right now are the they lost the Grey Cup, but they've played in the last three Grey Cups. Uh, in terms of being the flagship franchise for on the field, they absolutely are. In fact, for the first time ever, they led the league in attendance, averaging 28,641. The Riders were number two right behind them, even though we had a crappy, crappy season. So they, uh, they're not the flagship franchise. Let's not kid ourselves. It's the Riders, but they are in terms of yeah. on. Keep in mind, too, that the city of Winnipeg has like close to 800,000 people, like, and that stadium is centered around those 800,000 people. Our stadium is centered around about 250,000 people. And of course, with the, out, uh, with the people around Saskatchewan coming into the game, but, uh, just goes to show you that even when Winnipeg is winning big time football, games and championships, there's still really not that much ahead of Saskatchewan when you look at the population and stuff, so you keep that in mind, Bomber fans. You heard it right here. Twelve prospects have been invited to the 2023 CFL Combine in Edmonton following a strong showing at the league's Invitational Combine in Waterloo today. Uh, among the uh, Can West players, uh, we had uh, Caleb Morn from the U of S Huskies, Jacob Biggs from the Calgary Dinos. They'll be invited to the main National Combine, which goes March 22nd to 26th in Edmonton, as well as their global counterparts. We've already talked global football. The CFL draft goes down. Uh, the global draft first in the morning, and the CFL draft May 2nd at 6 o'clock. We will have the coverage right here on 620 CKRM. We'll have it right from the first pick right to the last pick. We'll have, we'll have more details as they become available. Coming up after 5 o'clock, we'll talk Ottawa Senators hockey and NHL trade deadline day with Ian Mendez of the Athletic. We'll hear from John Keane of the Kamloops Blazers, Glenn Suter, Ryan Getzlaff, and more. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. This show is brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Getting set for the Pats and the Winnipeg Ice down here at the Brandt Center, uh, a nationally televised game here on TSM, but of course you can catch the broadcast as always here on 620 CKRM with our own Dante DeCarrie with the 635 pregame show. I have followed this guy's work for a long time, my first time talking to him. I'm happy to welcome him to the sports cage on the Western Pizza Hotline, the great Ian Mendez covering the Ottawa Senators Athletic. Uh, thanks for joining me, my friend. Hey, Michael, listen, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, being on your show. And I know I, it's a big deal, uh, that, that game you're talking about tonight. I was uh, just uh, at the gym with Mark Mathot uh, yeah. this week, and he's flying out to, he flew out to Regina to do that game. And uh, he's, he's pretty pretty excited to, uh, to to do that game tonight in, uh, in Regina. What do you th- the people you talk to, how do they think Connor Bedard's going to transfer to the NHL. I know we hear generational. There's a lot of talk, but how do you think, or what do you, what have you heard from the hockey people you know in terms of their assessment of Connor Bedard going forward? Yeah, listen, and a guy like you know Mark Mathot was telling me, a longtime defenseman in, uh, in the NHL, says he can't wait tonight just to see him with his own eyes because I think for a lot of us it's been just on TV, right? Whether it's the World Juniors or the odd. Uh, Pats game that, that that's, that's nationally televised, uh, but everybody like and I've talked to a lot of we have at the Athletic we have a couple of uh, scouting experts in uh, Scott Wheeler and Corey Perlman, yeah. and and these guys have followed virtually every prospect over the last decade or so. They know the ins and outs. 
And they're like, you know, Bedard is in that upper, and, you know, I'm not telling any of your audience that, you, that they don't already know, but that it's, this isn't just the, you know, even Jack Hughes was a great number one overall pick and he's become a game changer. This is like another level above that. This is the uh, Crosby McDavid stratosphere that we, we only seem to get once every decade or so, roughly, uh, you know, depending on, on, on your math on how you like to, to say where these generational players land. But, but the feeling is, and as a teenager, he'll be able to come in and maybe be an, a point-per-game guy in the NHL right off the hop. There's not very many teenagers that you can say that about, that when they hit the ground running in the NHL, they're a point-per-game guy. A lot of guys take maybe a year, two years, three years. This is, no, no, no. This is potentially game-changing impact player as an 18-year-old, and that's, that is what is really, really special about him. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are a fun team to watch. You referenced Connor McDavid. The next Canadian team that's up and coming, a young team uh, for the most part that's going to be fun to watch, is the one that you cover, the Ottawa Senators. And I think they're a little ahead of schedule, in the mix for the playoffs this year. And, man, they come up with the Jacob Chikrin trade. Just your thoughts. This week was fascinating, you know, because I think, uh, if you went back to me on, if, if we're having this, you know, we're having this conversation on Friday. If if we had this conversation on Monday, I'd be like, nah, I don't know if they're going to be a buyer this week because they had uh, a, a huge back-to-back uh, set of games against Detroit. Well, I got to tell you, they didn't just win those games. No. They definitively destroyed Detroit. And in the process, I think they kind of dictated the, the trade deadline week for both of these teams. Detroit became a seller. And Ottawa became a buyer, and we saw that on Wednesday when they picked up Jacob Chikrin. And, and, and yeah, you know what? Maybe they're a little bit ahead of schedule, but I think they're right where a lot of us thought they might be this season, which was in the mix for a, a wildcard spot down the stretch. It is so refreshing to cover a team that has, you know, basically missed the playoffs by a wide margin for five straight years, be in the mix, and, and be a buyer at, at the deadline, I think, was really, really refreshing for, uh, for Ottawa fans to, to land a player like Jacob Chikrin. Now, I don't want to talk ill of uh, of uh, Eugene Melnick. Uh, he did some great things there. There were some other things people didn't like. Is there a different direction now uh, since, uh, you know, unfortunately he passed away and, and we're kind of in a transition period for Ottawa? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think, we, we, you know, we can handle that topic respectfully, which is to say I don't think that this would have happened with, with him as the owner. It just It was a completely... A different way of running a business, a completely different regime. And I think uh, the last nine, ten months or whatever has been completely different. And This is uh, a, a different feel around the organization. I'm not sure that Claude Giroux signs in Ottawa. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, they have the ability to do some of the things that they've done. And it's, it's a completely different feel. And, you know, they had a, a real hiccup in November where they kind of, went back to, I think they won four out of 14 games or something in November, and you're like, oh, man, here we go again. But tell you what, you take the month of November out of the equation, this has been a really good team, and they've been a fun team. And uh, on the ice, off the ice, look, the attendance is back to yeah. you know, getting 16,000, 17,000. Like it's, it's completely different, and these are the things that weren't happening in the previous five years. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of uh, kind of, again, refreshing is the word. I think a lot of us use in Ottawa, uh, both on and off the ice. Ian Mendez from the athletic joining us for the first time ever on the sports cage. We're happy to have him. Okay. Ian, uh, which Canadian team now we don't know if Ottawa is going to make the playoffs or not. So right now we'll keep Ottawa kind of just on the outside. No disrespect, but we'll keep them on the outside of the Canadian team sitting in a playoff spot right now, the Maple Leafs, the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets. 
Which one of those teams has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup? You know, uh, it, it's funny to say this, but I think I'll say Winnipeg. And, and it's partly because if you look at those three teams and I ask you who's the one goalie that you trust the most out of those teams, I think your answer is probably going to be Connor Hellebuck, right? Yes. And, you know, Tor- Toronto's got some questions in goal. I think Edmonton has some questions in goal. And I don't think Winnipeg does. So, as you know, success in the Stanley Cup playoffs is often predicated in, in the crease. And, and I, I like, look, I actually really liked Winnipeg's team up until about, you know, a month ago. Yeah, but six weeks ago, you were, if you had asked me who's the best team in the West, I actually would have thought, I would have said Winnipeg. And, and now I think Colorado's kind of sprung to life and Winnipeg said a little bit of a speed wobble. But, um, you know, I think if, if, if you look at it, I don't think the West loaded up as much as the East. Like, I think Toronto, if you're asking me who's the best team out of those three, I think it's Toronto. But it's going to be a, just such a fight for the Maple Leafs to get out of the Eastern Conference with Tampa in the first round, maybe Boston in the second round, maybe Carolina or the Rangers in the third round. Like, it's going to be hard. I look at the Jets' path, and I think, you know, it might be a little bit easier to, to get out of the West. And I, and I don't want to sleep on the Oilers either. They got to the conference final last year. I just don't think goaltending-wise, they're at the same level as what Connor Hellebuck might be able to deliver for the Winnipeg Jets. No, you're right. Although I do feel like Stuart Skinner, who is an all-star, I think he has kind of a Jordan Bennington kind of feel to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, nobody knows. They added that nice defenseman, uh, Ekholm, from from uh, Nashville. And uh, I think Bukestad's a nice add, too. And Connor McDavid's playing out of this world. Like, uh, th- There's a good question for you. Uh, I said this the other day with Matthew Barnaby. I believe, I mean, Gretzky's, I'm a Gretzky guy. He's got all the records. We haven't seen an offensive player like this maybe ever in NHL history. No, and and I think it's fair to say. Look, I think you got to look at every era through its own yeah, lens. Yeah, but I think we have never like Connor McDavid is the gr- most talented player that's ever stepped on the ice in the NHL ever. Like more, t- and I know that might be sacrilegious for the, the fans of Orr and Lemieux and 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 Gretzky or whatever. But I don't think they were as talented. But part of that is the evolution of the game and the edge work and the things that have come along in the last 20 years. McDavid is a unicorn. He is an absolute outlier. And look, I think we're, I think we're at a point where Michael, he might flirt with 70 goals this season. Think about that for a second. Yeah. We were like, we had to pick our jaw up off the floor when, when Matthews got to 60 last year. Well tonight, well tonight, he might get to seventy tonight if he tonight if he scores two against the Jets, he has done something that nobody's done in a hundred years of hockey. That scored two goals in six straight games. Yeah, like and, and and you look at the list of people that have done it, and again, it's like this this is unbelievable. What what he's doing is unbelievable. Uh, you just feel like you want to see the greatest player of his generation. Just like, you know, look, we saw Crosby won cups, mm-hmm. we saw Lemieux win cups. All of the people that could end up on the kind of the Mount Rushmore of hockey have always, at the very least, won a Stanley Cup, if not two. For Connor McDavid to have gotten to this point in his career and never even been to the final is sacrilegious. It really is. And, yeah. and I'm hoping that it happens and it turns, he turns the corner this year. This is the best season he's had. I don't even know why we're going to bother having a Hart Trophy vote. It should go to 97, and it should be a unanimous vote this season. Yeah, and lastly, i got to ask you this question. Now, uh, thankfully, it was uh, just a good old-fashioned hockey trade, Ottawa and Arizona. But uh, the Coyotes, 57.6% of their money or something like that is tied up in pseudo-retirements or cap dumps or that type of stuff. That's a bad look for the NHL. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. You know, And I think there's so much of a focus on... 
uh, cap circumvention in the other direction, right? Like, I can't believe what Tampa's doing with Kucherov and they're stashing these guys. And, you know, Chicago did it with Patty Kane a few years ago. And I don't think there's enough focus done on the other side of it, which is I think this is more egregious. You've got a team that, quite frankly, from a competitive standpoint, isn't putting in the financial resources to make it happen. I mean, yeah. uh, the Jacob Chicken trails, uh, trade is a great example of a team that they took less from Ottawa because they didn't want to retain salary on Chicken. They didn't want to take a dead contract back, yet they'll turn around and trade for Jacob Borchek. Like, don't you feel like we're days or weeks or months away from them trading for Carey Price? Like, yeah. that, it just yeah. feels like it's yeah. going to happen. And it just, I, like, if I was a player, if I was an agent, I would be really upset because I think the Arizona Coyotes are going against the spirit of the rule of the salary cap. And I think you should have to spend real dollars on your salary to get to the floor, not the artificial dollars of the Datsuks and the Prongers and the, you know, Shea Weber and, and, and all these other pieces that they've, you know, kind of acquired over the years to kind of artificially meet the floor. Ian, this has been fun. Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a uh, have a great day. The great Ian Mendez from The Athletic. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Giant Slipinski will try again, but lost it to Sorrell. Sorrell will get it ahead of the right wing. Carried in. Seminoff, is he onside? He is. Seminoff, shot! And, of course, we're coming to you live from the Brand Center, getting set for the Connor Bedard Show and the Regina Pats against the juggernaut Winnipeg Ice. Another great hockey team on the ice tonight, the Kamloops Blazers. As you heard the call from John Keane, just their first loss in the last 11 games, ending the 11-game win streak they had in Medicine Hat the other night. He joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza. First time I've had you on. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ballsy. I, actually, I miss Western pizza, so this is a bit of a throwback. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Been doing hockey across Western Canada for a long time. He's been in TV and radio for over 20 years. By the way, thanks for uh, helping this old guy figure out Twitter. I put out this big, long tweet, and he sends me a personal message saying, Ballsy, the world wants to see your tweets, but they can't if you start with an at and whatever the account yeah. is. Yes. Hey, the world needs to see your tweets, especially if you're double-barrel shotgunning them out there like you have been lately. So. Yeah, well, that's uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans would say otherwise, but that's okay. It's what sports <laughs> is all about, big rivalries. Tonight you guys got the Kelowna Rockets in. Looks like it's going to be a sold-out joint at the Sandman Center or close to it. Yeah, there's been a lot of these uh, lately, and, and when you have a Memorial Cup uh, host team, there's a lot of excitement around the community. And uh, you mentioned first home game since February 11th, so it's been three weeks out of the building. you got the Rockets in town. Uh, you have that super fan that Cameron Cheers is going to probably create a racket tonight, so we're really looking forward to it. Top 10 team. Uh, things have been rolling for this club. As uh, and you know, there's extra pressure as a Memorial Cup host, as we would know here within the last five years or so. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you, you take out the Kelowna uh, COVID uh, Memorial Cup, and this will be the first time a WHL team will host since uh, Regina had the 100th. So, yeah, there's pressure for sure. But, you know, the one thing that I think the Blazers have done well is is be competitive all year. You look at, you know, where Kelowna was uh, back in 2019-20, where Regina was. You know, there was always question marks, right, around the team. Like, are they good enough? But, you know, you mentioned the top 10 team coming off the 11 straight wins. They make an absolute blockbuster at the trade deadline, and they can run and gun with, with anyone for sure. 
Yeah, so that that was my next question. They can run and gun with anyone. Do you like their chances of, uh, um, you know, you, you get into the Memorial Cup anyway, but you don't want to go through the back door as we've always talked about. Do they have a pretty good chance to kick the door down and, uh, quote, unquote, earn their way there? Yeah, well, Balsy, the last WHL team to win uh, the league when they were the hosts, the 95 Blazers did it yes. uh, way back when. Uh, so uh, it's not something that happens very often at all. Uh, so the Blazers will try to repeat history. It's also the last time they hosted the Memorial Cup. It's tough. There's some good teams out there. You know, you mentioned you know, a couple of uh, games going on in the East out here. Uh, Seattle's built this juggernaut super team. Uh, Winnipeg has gone all in. And, and there's just a lot of good teams the Blazers will have to try and get through if they want to kick down the front door. The good news is they know they have a spot at the Memorial Cup, and, and they have a shot, and they will be a legitimate team uh, at this tournament uh, if they continue down this path. Yeah, they're kind of playing with house money a bit. You're right. There, there's pressure, but there's also the knowledge that you're going to be in it. I know you don't want to use that as a fallback, but it is kind of nice to know you can empty the tank a little bit knowing you're going to get a chance to still play for hockey glory. Yeah, and I think the Blazers did that. If you see the move they made with uh, the Everett Silvertips, they were trying to keep pace with what Winnipeg and what Seattle uh, were doing, and, and they add a defenseman that I think everyone in Canada knows, and Olin Zellweger, uh, and they also add a, a really underrated player that just signed with the Washington Capitals uh, this past week, and Ryan Hofer, a 20-year-old from uh, from uh, Manitoba. So when you look at the moves, yeah, they've added. So, you know, you, you look at quality and quantity, you know, when Canada had the World Junior gold medal on the line in overtime, who was on the ice? Connor Bedard, mm-hmm. Logan Stankoven, and Olin Zellweger. And the Blazers can boast they have two of those three players. And uh, maybe even that uh, we had all the rumors of Bedard to Camus, but uh, that proved not to be the case uh, in the end. Yeah, so, uh, and John Paddock put an end to it right there in Kamloops very emphatically. And because they kept Bedard around, the Pats have been playing rock star. Like, they've been at every rink. It's always sold out home and away, and they're clawing for a playoff spot. As a guy who's been around this game a long time, you want to be Winnipeg, you want to be... Uh, Seattle, maybe Kamloops to an extent where you know you got a playoff spot. But there has to be something to be said for playing in playoff like atmosphere, the, the back stretch here, the whole second half, and fighting for your playoff lives. You're ready to go when you hit the playoffs. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You know, in, in Kamloops tonight, there's a chance to clinch the BC Division title already uh, with, uh, with a win and uh, a Prince George loss. And I wonder, okay, if that happens, what will the final 11-12 games be like? Uh, but, you know, you look at Regina and you look at the, the – there's a great race in the Eastern Conference. You have six teams for three spots. Uh, Regina starting to get a bit more traction and maybe get out of that pack of like the Swift Currents and the Medicine Hats and the Brandons and the Prince Alberts of the world uh, and the Calgarys. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be big. It looks like it might be a Saskatoon Blades matchup in round one, perhaps two, and that would be great, I think, for the province of Saskatchewan if that is the best of seven to kick off round one. Okay, uh, John, before I get to the Memorial Cup stuff, I've always, my three favorite jerseys are the Pats, Darks, the Medicine Hat Tigers darks and the Kamloops Blazers dark jerseys. What are your top three Western mm-hmm. Hockey League jerseys? Those are my three in a row. Well, you, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I like those. Because I was in Swift Current for uh, mm-hmm. 11, 12 seasons or whatever it was, the two rivals, Regina and Medicine Hat. So I cannot agree with you on those two jerseys <laughs> because seeing those two jerseys just irks me a little bit, right? It brings back that competitive juices. But I love the Blazers' clean white jersey, the, the home white 
uh, I think is just a, a classic uh, jersey for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think um, the Edward Silver tips have beautiful color schemes. And, and if you don't see them very often, but the Vancouver Giants switched up their sweaters this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they have just a beautiful dark and, and a white sweater they've gone with this year. So, um, yeah, there's no way I can say the Pats and the Tigers jerseys are my favorite, but you you have Adderall, okay? Fair, fair. I will say this, and I shouldn't be able to say this, but I'm going to. I, I actually like what Moose Jaw did with their jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you know, a little bit forced to do it with, with the times, but uh, they made the, the best out of the situation for sure. All right, so we know the Memorial Cup's coming. A couple of announcements today. Tell us about it. Yeah, so they will have three musical acts, and they, the first one announced is Gord Bamford. He's uh, he's a friend of the hockey team. He's a friend of the ownership group out here, uh, and he's played uh, several times uh, in Kamloops. Always puts on a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gord's a great guy. I look forward to that. Still two more musical acts to come. Uh, they will be likely, of course, Canadian-based. Uh, for those looking for Memorial Cup tickets, now tickets have been very brisk out here. A full package is about $650 or so uh, for every game. Uh, coming up in just a few weeks, they'll announce a, a semifinal final packages, just the two games, and also a blazer and another uh, round-robin game package. So there are some tickets out there that will be made available here coming up uh, in April. Uh, some big names are coming back. The, you know, the Blazers alumni is quite deep when, mm-hmm. when you're talking, you know, Scotty Niedermeyer, Darcy Tucker, uh, Jerome McGinley, all being part of things. And then also Marie-Philippe Pellet and uh, Manel Riom, a name from oh, the past wow. on the women's uh, hockey side as well. And, and lastly, my concern whenever, uh, and no disrespect to Kamloops, love the city, when a market like that hosts, do we have enough hotel rooms or things like that? Well, you know what our moniker is, right? The tournament capital of Canada. <laughs> it is, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we're used to this, right? Like we just had the Scotties a few weeks ago, yeah. or uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and, and this event, um, you know, there's beautiful hotels right downtown, a brand new one built right across from the arena, uh, so uh, this city's ready for it. I mean, this is what they do, and they'll be ready to go for it. And, and probably Airbnb, too. Maybe John Keen will uh, look to make some money and rent out a room or something, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'll put up a couple of uh, sheets in the basement and separate four <laughs> or five rooms and pack them all in downstairs. That's, that's awesome. Hey, John, thanks for your time. Always love your call, and hey, I love your Twitter class, too. Hey, hey, anytime you need a class, you just, you just message me, Baldy. Good to chat with you. Sports ticker at 533 is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been named as hosts for the 112th Grey Cup, according to a new report from the Canadian press. So the CFL has not yet made an official announcement regarding the location of their championship game here in 2025, but an agreement is in place for it to be played in the Manitoba capital. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. Back below the goal line, Whitehead tucking it in, down low, stop made, rebound in front, Here's- And Pat Chat brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Check out everything on the CBH's new feature menu at CanadianBrewHouse.com.
Well, as you heard, Braxton Whitehead has been playing very well the last stretch of games, and I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week. You've been flying around eight points in your last ten games. You had a break, a partial breakaway in that game. You're coming in with that great speed, and then the puck kind of hopped on you. What's it like when you're that close to scoring a goal and can't finish the deal? How quickly do you forget that? Are you swearing to yourself all the way back to the bench? I mean, maybe like that shift, yeah, but I think it's important to have the mindset that you just kind of got to move on and go. Uh, If you kind of keep your brain on that one play that you messed up then that's all you're going to be thinking about and it kind of ruins the game so if you can just forget forget about it and go then I think that's the most important thing and I think that really helped me Uh, I got two assists that game so I don't Mm -hmm. think I would have been able to do that without you know kind of moving on that's awesome your your uh, hockey team playing pretty good hockey right now getting ready for the playoffs uh, you know clawing and scrapping for a playoff spot how confident are you guys especially when you have like you just said one of the best players in the world you think you can make some uh, noise in the playoffs absolutely i mean i've seen the guy make noise every single game that i've played with him so um i think he's going to be another level in the playoffs, and um, I'm excited to see it. And your goaltending's coming on, isn't it? Drew Sim played well, and I thought Kelton Pine the other night. It's 3-1, you're losing, and the young guy made a great glove save and really turned his game and the team's game around. Absolutely. I mean, I'm really proud of those two. Uh, done a lot of work recently, you know, before practice, after practice. They really, you know, put in the time, and uh, it's really showing in our game. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Joe's coming to you live from the Bryant Center, Pats, and the Winnipeg Ice. Still lots of great tickets available. Come on down, watch Connor Bedard and his teammates in person and a juggernaut Winnipeg Ice team worth the price of admission. Tomorrow night, it's the Rebels here, and Sunday, the Saskatoon Blades. So you got your fill of Pats hockey if you want it live. Uh, the show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes. Our text line 936-6262 powered by Capital Four, or by uh, Capital GMC Buick Cadillac at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Just ahead of press coverage with Glenn Suter. Zinger! Zinger! What's up, this, man? This was the league that was going to bring down the CFL. Bring it to its knees! Mm-hmm. We better be scared! Mm-hmm. They're going to take us down, yeah. The, the Orlando Guardians have cut quarterback Quentin Dormady after he allegedly gave an opposing team plays from the Guardians' playbook. <laughs> now, if that isn't the definition of Bush League, mm. I don't know what is. They don't even do that in high school. Like, who does that as a professional yet? These guys are getting paid. You know who does that? A league run by a wrestler. Oh, Doesn't that sound like yeah. A yeah. Everybody used to make fun of Vince McMahon. There's the Rock is like, the Rock looks around and is like, well, I thought the games were supposed to be script, boys. Yeah. You know, I thought it was supposed to be choreographed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's get the Glenn Suter press coverage. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time for press coverage as former Ryder Grace and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Ryder Nation. Brought to you by Quality Tire, nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Suits, I'll go back to what I said Tuesday. I don't want this league to fold. 
I don't want the USFL to fold. I want more jobs for football players. But I also want to point out so many narratives, and everybody said the CFL should be uh, in, you know, worried they're in trouble. Oh, no. Listen, the XFL 3.0 pushed this thing off for like 18 months, and this is what they're doing? Come on. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it's it's really not the fans uh, that are the issue here. I mean, the, the fans are just looking and, um, and listening to the messaging that comes from the league and the people involved with the league, and I'm talking about our league. So, you know, when, when our league says, and whether it's, you know, a coach or, a, or an agent or, or a player or a player who's leaving uh, that is going to another league or maybe a different team, and the way that they message that is that it's somehow a challenge or it's going to be equal in some way that the XFL will challenge the CFL, that it'll take away its good players. It'll be, and that messaging resonates through the fan base, and the fan base looks at that and says, oh, well, I guess it's as good. Because the fan is relying on the experts, guys that know the game, that cover it every single day or play in it or coach in it, and if those coaches or players are saying, hey, this is a real threat, then it becomes a real threat because, as you've said many times, about perception is reality and the facts are negotiable. Or is that how it is? Yeah, that's, exa- that's, ex- that's exactly it. And here we go. Here we go. I am sitting in the Brand Center. Tonight, there's not as big a crowd. I think it has a lot to do with the fact it's going to be broadcast on TSN. But, hey, you can watch Connor Bedard on Uh, all the networks next year when he's in the NHL. It's better to come down live and watch it. But since World Juniors, the Pats have been playing in front of mostly full barns or sold-out rinks, uh, either at the Brandt Center or on the road, all the way since the World Juniors. And before that, they couldn't draw flies, 3,000 fans. But they had to have somebody else, Pat fans, tell them or point out that Bedard was great before they bought it. That's what I'm saying. It's all about marketing. The CFL has the best game on the planet when it comes to football. It just comes down to marketing, and it comes down to hard work in the marketing and spending a little money, too, to make money. And and as you've mentioned earlier in the show, and as, as you know, I listen all the time, uh, no matter where I am online, but... Um, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that it, it's also sort of the handshaking and going to talk to amateur football and going to talk to the leaders in amateur football and, uh, you know, trying to work out great working relationships between the pro football entity in our country and all of the different offshoots of amateur football, whether it be flag, touch, uh, tackle, uh, minor football, all of it. So, you know, it's it's a combination of all those things. The marketing, the the messaging, though, is the first step that could be changed without any money crossing any tables. The the messaging could be very simple, and it's not it's not fake news. It's real. It's it's real that the league is fantastic. It's real that the game is ultra entertaining. It's real that the athletes are world class. That is true. Those are facts. And yet somehow, and I don't know if it's Canadian humility or what it is, but somehow we don't message that way. We message that, well, we're working on it, we're trying to fix it, we're trying to, and then we say, oh, we're we're worried about the XFL. All of that is incorrect messaging. Because what happens now is the fan goes, well, what's wrong? 
why are the why are the people in charge? Why are the people that actually play? Why are they saying that something has to change? Like I, I just you, you know you you said it with Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard went to the World Juniors, was on national television, and the experts said he is a generational player. Somehow, why doesn't that same principle apply to Canadian football? Yeah, well, absolutely right. And it's guys like you who's got the strongest voice in Canada. Guys like me, we got to continue to uh, push that narrative. Hey, the Grey Cup's going to uh, Hamilton this year, second time in three years. BC the following year, which is great because Amar Doma's doing great work in BC. And Winnipeg is uh the uh, on the field at least they're they didn't win the great cup this year so they're not the champs but over the last three years they've been the team to chase on the field i still think saskatchewan is the uh preeminent franchise but the the winnipeg blue bomber is going to get the great cup so a nice run of great cups here in a row yeah I, I absolutely love how you are completely stirring the pot in march when it comes to the rivalry between Saskatchewan and, and Winnipeg, because honestly, that's what it's about. The guys on the field, the players, the great cups, the championships, where are you going to play, you know, to, you know, if, if I'm a, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider right now, because it's such a great rivalry, the Bombers, um, you know, I, I'm already thinking I got to be on this team in two years because, or in three years now to get to that championship because I want to, I want to play in Winnipeg and win the Grey Cup right in their backyard. Um, you know, it's it's that's that's again great messaging. It's great that they're well ahead of it. You know, the the league office and we've been critical. I know you have. I certainly have at times. But they have done some good things. And one of the things is a getting the schedule out before Christmas, which for a long time just shockingly didn't happen, but it did this year. And it was out. And so now you can make your plans for the summer and all of that. And maybe it's a Christmas present. And also to be well ahead of where the Grey Cup's going to be played for the planning of the local teams and their cities. But also for fans to look ahead and say, okay, we've got a good, strong league. It's super exciting. There looks like there's going to be solid ownership. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but solid ownership in, in Montreal, local ownership in Montreal with deep pockets. That's great news. And, you know, and, and hopefully in our lifetime we see an East Coast team. Those are the priorities. Domestic, not international. Domestic. Yeah. Let's stay there. Hey, Suits, we got one minute left because uh, I want to uh, get a sports cage rewind in with uh, Ryan Getzlaff from earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. But just your quick thoughts on Darrell Walker coming. I like that signing. That's a sneaky good signing by the Riders. I really do too, and and here's why: because we knew what he was like as sort of a rookie. In year one and two, he was unstoppable, just fantastic receiver. So that's what he's capable of. Last year wasn't his best, or you know, the last couple of years, I think there's been a a decline. But here's why I like the signing: you know, the potential is still there. And he is going to be ultra-motivated, and I put a lot of stock in that. And I know we don't have much time, so I really want to, if I can, just... Oh, yes, quick shout yes out do to, that. Do, to do the, that, yeah. To the family members of uh, Dr. Donovan Brown, who I, I understand just passed away end of February. Um, he was our team doctor in 1989. Just uh, an outstanding human being. When, it, when an athlete gets hurt, a pro athlete gets hurt, 
the the self doubt that hits you and the the concern and worry that it, it could be career ending, no matter what kind of injury it is, is so powerful. You, you're sitting on the training table wondering if that is it, that this whole dream may come to an end. So the first guy you talk to is that team doctor. He walks in, and Donovan Brown would always walk in, reassure you that you're going to get better, we're going to work on this, and you will be fine and back on the field. Man, he was so important to every one of those teams, and you know, my, my heart goes out to the family, but just an outstanding human being. Thanks, Glenn. I almost forgot. Thanks for mentioning that classy way to end your segment. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. You too. That's uh, Glenn Suter, press coverage for Quality Tire. We'll be back to wrap up the show with our Sports Cage Rewind in a moment on 620 CKRM. This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. March 3rd, 1953, the Boston Braves, who own the Milwaukee minor league franchise, blocked the St. Louis Browns for moving to Milwaukee. The Braves would play there until 1966 before moving to Atlanta. And in 1959, the San Francisco Giants renamed their stadium Candlestick Park, named for the candlestick birds that populate the area around the stadium. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Nice down here at the Brand Center, 7 o'clock face-off or thereabouts, a pregame show with Dante DiCaria here on 620 CKRM at 635. Still lots of great tickets to be had. I want to give a shout-out to a couple of good people. Steve Lindsmeyer turned 50. He's my buddy. Turned 50 the other day, March 1st. Also on March 1st, first uh, Marco Ricci, a listener, former Ram, uh, amateur coach. He also uh, turned uh, 51 on March the first and hi to Daryl and George who run the Pilot Butte Rodeo and listen to us all the time and we're with us at the, on the sports cage trip I believe Zinger out there in California. I want to say hi to Sean Kleisinger and thank him back at the studio for doing his great work. Congratulations to Ross Stillborn. He won the big grand prize in the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation Chase the Ace Lottery. Uh, in total he won two times uh, daily and then he won the big prize today so he won 50 grand. We'll restart the lottery uh, next week and uh, you can buy tickets right now. So congratulations to Ross Stillborn. We do something called the Sports Cage Rewind, where we take a bit or an interview from the week and rewind it here on a Friday. And this guy was on the panel for Sportsnet today because it was NHL trade deadline day, but we caught up with him earlier this week. It's uh, Regina Hockey Royalty, Ryan Getzlaff. Ryan, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing doing real well. Just had Peter Lubardius on uh, from the Flames Radio Network, and he said, man, it seems like just yesterday I was sitting with Ryan and his parents in Helsinki, Finland, and now he's already retired. Do you feel like that? <laughs> it did kind of fly by. Other than my body, my body doesn't feel like that. But, uh, you know, the, the career, you know, it does now that you're stopped and now that you have a chance to actually look back at it. Um, it does feel like it went really fast. Yeah, uh, we were down there in Anaheim for a couple of games with some listeners in December. I know they've done a little bit of tweaking to that rink, but I'm I'm really impressed with how that rink's held up. 
Yeah, it is. It's crazy. They, you know, obviously it was a tribute to how they built it originally in 93, but or 92, I think. But, um, yeah, they've done a great job maintaining it and kind of allowing it to grow with the times. Ryan, Regina kid, was it tough playing in a... In a warm market, like I'm doing a I'm doing a show poolside with my uh, producer here, Sean Kleisinger, in Huntington Beach, California, back in December, and I'm like, man, playing in hot weather, it would be tough to stay focused when you're a hockey player. Did you ever have trouble with that? <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, obviously, it was nice to be able to just uh, kind of enjoy it um, when you get away from the ring. The first couple of years, it's a little bit harder to stay focused all the time, but. Uh, after that, it was it's awesome to be able to go outside and enjoy the sunshine on some of the days where you don't really feel like getting up. Mm-hmm. Ryan Getzlaff, how important was it for you to play your entire career in one place? Many guys don't do that anymore. Yeah, it was a it was a big thing for me. Um, I just kind of always always felt that um, the loyalty, I guess, to the organization and uh, and the loyalty that they had shown me over the years. So. Um, that was, a, that was a big thing that went into a lot of decision-making throughout my career and my different contracts. You know, we're listing these trades off as a sports guy. Chikrin goes here, and, and Jonathan Quick goes there. And, and, you know, it's transactions for us, right, as, as fans and as announcers. But these are people. What's it like around hockey at this time of year? You know, you know maybe you're not getting moved, but your teammates are getting moved. A guy you've uh, been hanging out with all year, and he's gone. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird um, having guys come in and out the way we do. and um, It's mostly, you know, you feel mostly for the guys that have families and stuff and their kids. And um, I can't imagine um, just uprooting my kids in the middle of the season to go somewhere. Um, and, that you know, part of that uh, was my thought process going into every season. But um, I think that that's, uh, that's something that we deal with as athletes and, and part of the job, I guess. Yeah, so Ryan Getzlaff joining us here. He's going to be in town at the end of the month with the Regina Red Sox, and we'll get into that here right away here. So were you a, you were a multi-sport guy, weren't you? Like, weren't you a baseball guy? I think your brother told me when I had him on a few weeks ago when the dinner was announced, you were like a guy that traveled down east to play baseball. Am I right by that? I did, yeah. I played baseball a lot growing up, football, um, pretty much everything. My parents were all, um, you know, very... Uh, very into playing us playing all the different sports and trying different things and uh, I'm a big believer in that and, and when you grow up and baseball was a big thing for me I love baseball um, making it making it to the MLB out of uh, Regina Saskatchewan is tough um, <laughs> but it uh, but it can happen I mean that's uh, that's the beauty of sports so yeah so Ryan when did you decide that hockey was going to be the way to go like when did you kind of realize holy cow I can do something. <laughs> Probably on draft day. Um, <laughs> you know what? It, you know, hockey Hockey was always a passion. I, I loved playing. I loved competing. Um, baseball was, again, same concept. I loved it. I uh, loved what I was doing. I When I was 16, I got drafted to the WHL. And basically at that point, I kind of had to make a decision whether I was going to try and go in baseball or hockey or what I was going to do. Um, and I ultimately I chose to go in hockey. Even after my first year in Calgary, I came back in the summer and played baseball. Um, still that summer, so really didn't decide decide until I got drafted in the NHL. Ryan, do you leave hockey in pretty good shape physically, mentally? You know what I mean. A lot of a lot of times you you joked about you don't miss the banging with your body, and you played a physical style, and you were a big guy, took a lot of shots. How do you feel? 
I feel pretty good. My body, my my body feels pretty good for the most part. I have some back stuff that I deal with, but um, ultimately, I was very blessed in the game not to uh, not to really occur any major injuries. Um, obviously, I had some facial stuff mm-hmm. and whatnot, but that's all kind of surface <laughs> surface things. But um, for the most part, body feels pretty good, and um, it definitely feels a lot better than when I am getting banged up every day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, so Ryan, you're going to be on the stage with your brother. Chris tells me you guys have never done this before. How how cool is it to be with your brother on the stage? I'll be in the middle asking you guys questions, but just being back in Regina where you don't come back too much and uh, helping out uh, a nice uh, baseball team like the Regina Red Sox. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Um, obviously, more of this stuff that me and my brother can do together to share our experience coming from a small town like that um, is going to be great for everybody. Uh, it's really enjoyable for us to get on a stage together and kind of you know talk about our own our various careers. Um, sitting beside each other for the first time. Yeah, do you guys ever sit and you know have a couple of wobbly pops and uh, you know say, "Man, look at you played for the Riders. You were the outstanding Canadian and hoisted a Grey Cup in Regina. Probably the greatest moment in Rider history." And your brother Chris did all that. And then there's you winning on the international stage, Stanley Cup winner, that type of thing. Yeah, we don't talk too much about it, to tell you the truth. But, you know, we've been very fortunate um, in our lives um, to be able to do something that we love and, and excel at it. And, you know, and we've, you know, been able to support each other all along the way, which has been really cool. Our our relationship has always been great since we were kids. And um, being able to watch his success, even if it was from afar, um, was just a, a blessing for me. Were you were you uh, November probably weren't here for the 2013 Grey Cup? Did you get a chance to watch it uh, live at all, at all though? I did watch it live. Um, I flew back. Uh, I actually came to the Grey Cup in Edmonton uh, when they lost, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the one in Regina, I wasn't able to be there. But yes, I was able to watch it. I have a. Don't tell anybody, but I had a Canadian satellite dish at my house installed <laughs> just for the rider game. <laughs> that's fine, man. That's that's true rider pride right there. I love it. Well, Ryan, I can't. I, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. If you want to get a deeper dive into the get slaps, you can get tickets for the Regina Red Sox dinner. That's just a little smidgen of what I'll ask them on the stage. Thanks, man. We'll see you at the end of April. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. So we've spent over a year on this project of categorizing the artifacts, photos, videos. And and stories of um, 540 of our inductees. And maybe give us an idea of you know how much they really you know save you guys some space uh, being able to have all the information just at your fingertips. We have a smaller museum space, but the 3D case here allows us to feature some of our top 500 artifacts without uh, having to take up more space in our galleries. Um, and then for content-wise, you know, you can't have the biographies of every inductee available all at once in the gallery. So this timeline here allows us to share those stories and successes of inductees in a very compact way. Maybe give us the idea of what you have at your fingertips here. Oh, we have a lot of Olympic medals all the way from the 1920s to uh, modern-day Olympics. We have certainly a lot of rider gear as we are their archivists, um, a lot of Regina Pats and other junior hockey 
hockey teams, um, and just interesting items like um, Ethel Catherwood's silverware set. So there's certainly items in the sport world you'll expect, and then some unique features as well. Can you just talk about now getting out of the kind of the COVID pandemic? It's so refreshing to see all these faces, school groups, and just the general public um, enter back into our space. I mean, we exist here for the public, and uh, our space is certainly much brighter with people able to experience the in-house gallery experience here. With this uh, touch table and 3D case, it's designed to be expansive. Uh, both in the coming months and the years. Um, it'll be updated just as our inductees continue to succeed after their induction. Um, any content and things like that will be able to be added to their biographies um, on the touch table. Hey, can you just talk about how, you know, this is a great thing for maybe like, as we're seeing today, uh, classes coming in and learning about our history in sports in Saskatchewan? Well, we certainly hope that um, kids, whatever their favorite sport is, they'll be able to look back for history and find um, how much this province has really succeeded in the world of sport and gain some insight and inspiration from um, people who came before us. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.